welcome to another episode of the Bat and the Snack podcast. It's been a while for us, hopefully not a while for you, and I am your host, the Batman, or Brettman, and this is my co-host, Captain Snacky, or as I like to call him, C. How are you doing today, C? I'm doing so good, you know, I'm just having the best day ever, you know? <laughs> the best day ever, man. Uh, yes. What's it's, making... it's a Saturday, man. Yeah. And I, you know, I'm I'm not sick no more, man. Well, I'm a little sick. Like you can still hear a little bit of my voice, I'm sure. But like, I don't got no COVID no more. You got hit I, with the brovid. Yeah, I got hit with the bovid. You know, <laughs> but but it's over now, right? Yeah. And, and I, I caught up with a lot of shows. I've been watching some new stuff. Been playing some games. Yeah. Fourth of July is in two days. Woo. Yeah, man. man. Gonna get some good eatings. Yeah, dude. And just for the audience's sake, I want to just, because it's hopefully been a good enough amount of time between the first episode and this episode, we actually had recorded a prior episode too. But due to all the issues of us recording and how hard it was to edit, you might never see that episode too. So now this is the new episode too. And it's been a long time since we recorded. Just to give a frame of reference, if you've already forgotten, the last time we recorded, see, was opening weekend, the the first opening weekend of Morbius. Oh my god, yeah. Morbin time. Morbin time. And it, it's been that long, because remember, one of the, I think, if if it was in that episode we cut, but if not, the first episode we were talking about how uh morbius was getting terrible reviews and you were like no because i think we recorded on a friday night which was mm-hmm. like opening weekend right and so we had we were still had high hopes for the movie and i was like dude it's getting review bombed <laughs> and i'm a, i'm sad if the audience d- doesn't get to hear our story about it uh if it was in that cut episode but you know i digress it was way too hard and you can't make me do it. <laughs> so this is this is what I, I'm going to title this episode: the real episode two, tack episode three, and see what people think about it. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm sure it'll be fine. I'm sure there won't be too much issue there. Yeah, hopefully not. But uh, yeah, we got a, a long list of possible topics since it's been so long. I think that's what that's the entire month of May and the entire month of June, and now it's to date this video July 2nd 2022 and the rest of April because I think that came out at the end of April but there was still stuff so we've got a lot of stuff and usually how we do this podcast is I would make a list of topics I would give C just vague uh things just like oh we're going to talk about something Batman related but I'm not going to tell you what Batman related but since there was so much I needed help cutting it all down so he actually knows a little bit more than he usually would, but still not all the specifics. And I just want to get right into it if you want to get right into it, man. Yeah, yeah. Before we get right into it, I just wanted to, uh, for a point of reference, right? Yeah. Uh, Morbius came out on April 1st, which I think is actually oh like really hilarious, right? Oh, no. <laughs> like April 1st, April Fool's Day, this thing came out, right? And it's became like one of the biggest memes and then on top of that, right, like I went into Google and I just typed in Morbin, not thinking of Morbius, <laughs> just type Morbin and it popped up the movie. Right. So, oh, yeah. You, you're thinking of Morbius. I'm, oh, man. I'm, that, that's how bad the movie was, you know? Yeah. 
my and brain auto-corrected it to like Morbin, and then Google had to auto-correct my brain to Morbius to show me everything. That's crazy that it came out April 1st. It's literally the, <laughs> the longest running April Fool's joke ever. This is the best one. Anyways, anyways, now I'm ready. Yeah. Oh, and just one more thing to throw in there. Because the last episode was so long and so hard to edit, we're going to have a soft end a soft end point of two hours so if it goes a little over two hours we're we're trying to end it uh, around that time just to, all right oh we'll see how that goes you yeah know. we'll see how it goes <laughs> uh but all right let's get right into it so uh last time we talked about gotham knights and they had just released a a gameplay trailer i think another gameplay trailer uh has come out since then I, I don't know if you're wanting to watch just a few clips of it, but it was pretty interesting. But what I really wanted to talk about was they finally released the pre-order information and like the the three different editions that are coming out. So first, I just want to throw in into our discord the case art. I don't know if you've seen it yet for the PS5, but that's what the PS5 uh, case art looks like. It's pretty cool. A lot of purple. Uh, yeah. With uh, Red Hood, Nightwing, Batgirl, and uh, Robin all walking up. And I'm assuming that's Tim Drake Robin. He's got a staff. But it, it also could be Damian Wayne Robin because he's kind of got like an assassin like uh, Look tunic tall. looking. So I'm not exactly sure which Robin that is. But I know we got Jason Todd, Red Hood, and Dick Grayson, uh, Nightwing. So it, might, it could be Tim Drake. I'm not sure. But uh, what do you think? What do you think about this cover art? What do you think? I like the cover art. Looks pretty good. I, I definitely think that's Tim Drake. Like yeah. even even though he doesn't look like young young, like I, he looks young enough to be a Tim Drake, like compared to the other three, like right next to him. Mm -hmm. Um, one thing I've really noticed is like there's a lot of games have been going for that '80s vibe recently. You know that like yeah. '80 like so all a lot of like neon purples and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So I'm hoping this game doesn't like make Gotham neon like purple like you know 80s vibe like because I'm not really trying to get that funky vibe from from a Gotham City. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you from the gameplay trailer they've released uh, in our lull time, it doesn't look Gotham City doesn't look like that. Uh, I think there are some neon lights every now and again maybe, but it, it's it still looks like just a normal dark city. Good. Yeah, because like I think that takes away from what Gotham is and like it's it's trying to go for like a different identity. Yeah, and that identity does not match Batman. So I, I was just hoping I'm like, uh, please don't make it. Please don't if, make it like everything else right now. <laughs> before we we go further into what I saw in that gameplay trailer, I just want to point out something I'm just now noticing in the reflection of the puddle. You see the the silhouette of Batman as they're walking up and it's it's a pretty good like a little thing it's alluding to the fact that they have to stand all four of them in batman's place because in their world batman just died and i think that's actually pretty tight yeah they got some big shoes to fill and i mean like when we're talking about batman here these are size big 14s shoes. size 14s you know yeah no, they want to be like Mike, but like like Mike is Batman in this case scenario. <laughs> like Mike, dude, yeah. <laughs> so the base game, uh, I just want to verify real quick. It's it just comes with uh if you pre-order it now, the base game, it's just the standard edition. 
It does come with something special, though. I'm going to drop that in the Discord, too. The, the pre-order bonus is pretty tight, because uh, all the characters, they have a bat cycle. I don't know if it's each character has their individual bat cycle, or you're sharing a bat, bat cycle, but your pre-order bonus is a different skin for the bat cycle. I dropped that in. It's pretty cool. It's called the 233 Custom. Oh, that's pretty cool looking. So yeah, if you just pre-ordered this standard edition, you'll get that. And the standard edition for the game is $69.99. Oh. Yeah, which seems to be, from what I'm understanding, the way they're kind of going with current gen. PS5 and Xbox Series X being the new current gen. That's kind of the pricing they're going into now. Thanks, inflation. Thanks, Obama. Yeah, stuff like that's like really hurting us right now. Like, and it makes me think too. Is just like, man, like, should I just move to Canada at this point? Like, I'm gonna have to pay <laughs> inflated prices regardless. You know, like, mm -hmm. what's up with that? Yeah, but like uh, oh, seventy dollars. Like, it better be good for seventy dollars, right? Like, that, that's why I've been saying with games. And you know, a lot of these games have been coming out broken. Mm -hmm. So like, was it Vanguard? Call of Duty Vanguard seventy dollars game, and that game's complete trash. Complete trash. Yeah, I haven't bought a Call of Duty game. Well, I did get Cold War, but before that, the last Call of Duty game I bought was like Call of Duty Ghost. So I, I haven't really been in a Call of Duty mood for a long time. I liked Cold War, though. Cold War was cool. But I did not like Cold War. The game I played before Cold War was, in my opinion, the best Call of Duty ever made, which was which, Black Ops 2. Oh, so. <laughs> dude, Black Ops 2 was like top tier Black Ops 1 and 2, like the whole Mason storyline, even though like a lot of Black Ops 2 takes place in the future. Mm -hmm. I really liked how it all worked together and it told this really personal story to like Mason and Woods and all them. My, my thing is like, I'm an all multiplayer kind of guy when it comes to COD, right? Oh, like, right, right, right. I try, I really do try and play campaign. I get like three missions in and I'm like, nah, I got to go kill real people. Right. Mm. So like I'll jump over to multiplayer, but the multiplayer in that was so tight. It was like it, it felt competitive, but it didn't feel like skill based matchmaking, you know. Right. Like, even though even though they were starting to bring that in in that game, it didn't feel just overwhelmed with it. You know, I, I didn't play from what I remember a lot of multiplayer in Black Ops 2. I do remember a lot of Black Ops 1 multiplayer and i remember having such a great time in Black Ops playing multiplayer in the first one i i never played the cold war multiplayer i played a lot of the zombies and they changed up zombies a lot of it is like the open world maps and then like each new area you go to like the zombies are progressively harder and i've actually really liked that you can like drive vehicles and stuff and I, I've just really liked that improvement. And I like the campaign in Cold War too. It had like a twist ending stuff too. Okay, yeah. If you're playing these games strictly for campaign, like I don't think there's too much to complain about, right? Yeah. But if, if you're like me and like the only reason you buy these games is to like fight other people online in the multiplayer, then like that $70 price tag is really hurting you, you know? Yeah, which is why I usually wait for these games to go down in price because I'm not... I haven't really been a multiplayer person in a long time, but that's what I'm really hoping for to circle back to the Gotham Knights. Sorry. This game, uh, I, I'm really hoping the multiplayer aspect is on point because they're really hyping up the multiplayer aspect of this game. 
and uh, I'm I'm really interested to see how the whole like character selection works. Like if I wanted to be Nightwing, but you also wanted to be Nightwing, how is that gonna go? Mm. Are you being forced into another character? Like if you're like, oh, I main Batgirl, but I'm already playing Batgirl, is is that gonna be like a huge issue? You know, right? I'm interested to see how stuff like that goes and. From the gameplay trailer, I, I've, they showed some traversing the terrain of the map, and they all have like a special ability to like help them traverse a little bit further. For like example, Red Hood in this world, for some reason, when he was resurrected in the Lazarus Pit, it gave him some like spirit powers. So mm. like he has kind of like a double jump power when he's traversing, where he'll cause like a little spirit hop you'll have like a spirit hop or something okay okay which i'm actually that that fact alone seeing that in the trailer and i'm like oh i don't i don't know if i'm liking this they're changing stuff already yeah i'm not yeah. i'm not too big into changing lore just to make things easier for your gameplay <laughs> uh but hey who knows it could look could be cool. And another thing that's kind of throwing me off is this isn't going to feel like an Arkham game from what I'm seeing. Or the whole fighting system is com seems to be completely different from the other Arkham games. Oh, really? So yeah. it doesn't feel like the Batman like fighting? Yeah, it, it looks like it's a complete new system and setup on how to fight. And like the HUD is also completely customizable too. And uh, like the gameplay trailer they had almost like no HUD pulled up at all. And I was like, how are, I don't understand at all what's going on right now, but I'm pretty interested. Uh, I, I've heard about, you know, shaking things up to see what works, but you've, you've shaken it and like knocked the whole tree down and grew a new tree. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. Hopefully, hopefully the new formula of like combat doesn't feel cheap and like lame because the Arkham fighting was really good. So hopefully, hopefully it doesn't feel like a watered down version of that. And it feels like it's got its own like sort of like flair to it. I can understand why they'd want to change it because this is going for more of a, a multiplayer kind of vibe. Mm -hmm. I, I'm hoping like, do you remember, is it PVE? So like, like a group of four, like co-op kind of style, like multiplayer. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not a big multiplayer guy, so I don't, I don't know. I know PVP is like Call of Duty, right? Call of Duty, so like player versus player shooting each other. Yeah, right? so I'm guessing it's player versus what? E environment. Environment, yeah. Okay, yeah, so so if you're going and you're like working with a team to like beat a bunch of bad guys and everything like that, I feel like you could still make it play like the Arkham Asylum kind of games, but if you want to change it up and like, you know, go like a different like style of combat, then you could do it. You just got to do it right, and you, you don't want yeah. people to look at it and be like, ooh, <laughs> I yeah I don't want to play like this. Right. I, I want the old style. The old style feels good. So as long as it plays good, it doesn't feel clunky. Then I'm sure we'll be fine there. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm really excited. I did pre-order this game actually today, but that's because out of my research, I discovered something. So I'm gonna have to. I'm not gonna tell you which version I've uh, pre-ordered till the end because that's actually contingent on some of the news I have. But the next edition is the deluxe edition, and I'm dropping it in the Discord now. This is what it looks like. I it like is actually, that. Yeah, it's it's only ten dollars more. This is uh wait uh the other one's sixty nine. Okay, this one's eighty nine ninety nine. So it's twenty dollars more. Sorry. Um, Ooh. 
Yeah, but you get the Beyond suit style. So if you look over to the left, you have like the Red Hood, Batgirl, Nightwing, and Robin in a Batman Beyond style suit. Mm-hmm. Which those are, I I don't like the Nightwing one very much. I don't like the whole covering of his face, but I I like the Batgirl, Red Hood, and the Robin ones a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't understand what if you look over to the right these the Night Watch by Jim Lee. Jim Lee, amazing. Uh, comic book artist he uh i i don't know if those are suits or since they're like in this hexagon looking thing if they're just like emblems for your like call like player card like like call of duty style i don't know if that's what those are for not exactly sure uh it says it says transmog down there yeah and from what i remember from like transmog that that probably means it's like another kind of costume thing I hope so, because if that's true, I really like the Red Hood transmog suit and the Batgirl. That's pretty, pretty killer Batgirl. And then the Robin, classic Robin, which that Robin suit is also helping me believe that it's a Tim Drake Robin, because that's a Tim Drake style suit. Yeah. And then classic Nightwing, dude. Classic Nightwing. The the colorways I like at the bottom that you get, uh, the Zer and R. Uh, I've always that's how I've always pronounced it. It's like mm. a alternate world, not like universe. There's like uh, it's like an alien world and they have their own Batman over there. But that Batman kills. It's like a, it's like a whole thing. But that's his color palette. And then you got two other color palettes. So I'm guessing the suits, you can also change their color palettes, which is interesting. I don't know okay. if that's just like the base suit. Maybe you can change like the the suit that comes in the game. Or if you can change the colors for all the suits. Gotcha, gotcha. Be. But yeah, this is this is what you get if you get the deluxe edition, which is eighty nine ninety nine. Now so I, course, I like how I'm sorry. I, I like how they changed the um, the box art to where like Gotham is like a more golden like yeah 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 glow look that that looks a lot better. Like, I kind of wish the main cover looked like that, but like I can understand why they wouldn't do that either. Well, they got to <laughs> make this one. Deluxe. special they gotta make it special yeah yeah all right and then of course a game like this has to get a collector's edition so first i'll show you the box this is what the box of the collector's edition looks like it's pretty cool it's uh the the bad guys of the game are the court of owls so of course you got some owls on there and it's supposed to be like because they're deep underground they're deep rooted they have all these underground places that they meet up and plot and do devious things so I really like the the I'm guessing this is like a sleeve that goes around the box because in the next image it looks a little different. And they these are the same guys who made Arkham Origins and I got the collector's edition of Arkham Origins and I remembered it had like a, a removable sleeve around the actual box. So I'm assuming that's what this thing is. Okay, okay. You do you think it looks cool or No, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm looking at it here and it like First thing I thought, I'm like, oh, they got the Solomon Grundy edition here. You know, it's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it looks like a tombstone kind of feel, like like it's somewhere in a cemetery where yeah, they're like, like a, doing their operations. Yeah, like a crypt kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, like a crypt. Yeah. It, it, it's a pretty cool looking box here. I'm sorry, I, I just wasn't talking because I was waiting to look at the other picture you sent oh, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. So here, here's the other picture. This is the collector's edition. Gotcha. So it comes with a stand, or um, a stand. A statue. It comes with a, a statue, statue. Yeah, with all with four statue. characters, right? And then you've got the the book with like all of their like uh 
art for like making the game and then it comes with like an augmented reality collectible pin and as you can see in the background the box is different i'm i'm, I'm assuming the box has all four of their logos on each side okay yeah, yeah yeah and then you get these other uh exclusive suits over here you got like this i really like the red hood suit and then it looks like is that i'm i couldn't tell Maybe I'll I'll look in the actual file that I I I thought from this angle it looks like a black robin but I can't tell. I don't really like the Batgirl suit that that comes with and that but I do like the Nightwing suit that it comes with over there from the Promethean transmods. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking at it here. I don't yeah, that's not a black robin there. It, it's it's not? just yeah, the the way the camera is kind of not camera, the way the image kind of looks since it's like real small. It looks like the blacks and everything like that are kind of changing the skin color, but it's no, it's definitely still just normal Tim Drake. Okay. I the outfits look cool. I do yeah. like the outfits in this one a lot. I, the only thing I don't like the bat, about the Batgirl suit for the Prometheum suit is it looks too much like uh, Kill Bill. Uh, it looks like <laughs> Uma Thurman and Kill Bill. You, you is that a that bad movie? thing, though? Is that a bad thing? I love Kill Bill, man. Uh, but, yeah, I, I mean, it's not, but... I, I can see I, like the soundtrack playing in the background when you yeah. pick that character. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, so the, it comes with all that, and then if you look at the bottom, you also get the deluxe edition stuff. But then you also get boosted gear and more. Oh, I didn't even notice there's a Gotham City map also in the background too. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. All right, so <laughs> we're gonna play a guessing game. So the base game with. The pre-order bonus of the the cool skin for your bat cycle is uh $69.99, $70. And then the deluxe edition with the cool suits and the uh the color palettes, that's $89.99, $90. How much do you think the collector's edition is? 200 $200? Is that what you're guessing? Final answer? Final answer. This edition is Two hundred and ninety nine dollars and ninety nine cents. It's three hundred. Three hundred dollars. Oh my god, that's crazy! Now, oh I, my god, I'm sure what you're probably thinking is who in their right mind is going to spend three hundred dollars, right? Oh, I know the this? answer. I know the answer is you. I, you're right. I totally would. However, <laughs> however, oh, I, t- I told oh. you what I was going to buy. I, I told you which one I pre-ordered today. I pre-ordered the deluxe edition. Do you know why I pre-ordered the deluxe edition and not the collector's edition? No. What, what is the reason why? The collector's edition is sold out everywhere. Oh, no. So everyone already went for it. They said, Dude, I don't care. I don't care said, about the price point. They said it's only 300? Get on it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's sold out at Best Buy, Amazon, GameStop, Walmart, oh, everywhere that they man. had advertising this game. It's sold out. Oh, man. I'm sorry, man. I mean, I, I personally wouldn't spend $300 on like a video game, no matter how cool the statue and all the little small stuff is, man. But like, I know you're a big Batman fan. So for like the collectors, like, you know, 300. Sure. Right. Like, yeah. I, I know. I know people who spend like four or five hundred dollars on Lego sets. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, all right, 300 doesn't seem that bad. And you're getting a video game out of it. Yeah. You know, with the Lego set, it's just like a, a built up thing. And then you display it somewhere. 
So it's like, okay, I, I can see, I can see where people like the value in this. I couldn't do that though. I cannot do that. Yeah, it, I, I, I even texted my wife and I was like, "Hey, I told you I was gonna get the collector's edition for this game. Uh, I was also gonna call it like an, an anniversary present for yeah. like our anniversary." Yeah, and I was like, "This is gonna be an anniversary gift, so you know that covers that." Mm-hmm. But then I texted her today, like, "It's all sold out. I'm just gonna pre-order the deluxe edition, just because I don't want it to sell out." Because the, the cover art is really cool because they could still give you like the downloadable stuff probably. But mm-hmm. I want to make sure I get that cool deluxe edition case. So I was like, I'm going to go ahead and pre-order that. And I'm like, but honestly, I'm glad that the collector's edition is sold out because I would have just wasted like 200 plus dollars yeah. for all the extra stuff. Yeah, it would have costed you a pretty penny, man. But like, hey, that's what you want. That's what you get, right? Yeah. But and it's also PS5 too, you know. It's like it's not like I'm buying like an old gen. Like imagine if the this game was also coming out on old gen consoles, and they were like, you can still get the collector's edition for the PS4 version. Oh, like, shut up! That would be like a huge waste of money. Which is another reason why I'm like, I'm not looking as forward to God of War Ragnarok as I should be because it is also coming out for the PS4 and like old gen, you know. Yeah. I'm like, they're dumbing down something in the game to make it, you know, compatible to old gen. Yeah. I don't like it when the games do that, but a lot of games have been doing it because they're trying to make as much money as possible. So, you know, yeah, it I happens. G- I get it because it, PS5 is still really hard to come by. I get it. But man, yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm still I still have high hopes for God of War Ragnarok because I loved every single God of War game. And I thought it was crazy how they went from God of War is like a game where you're like super angry and you like throw your blades of chaos around in circles <laughs> and kill people and then like bang Aphrodite. But then you immediately switch to like, oh, this is like a third person exploring game and you have a, a axe like Mjolnir and yet you, you take care of a child. They completely like that. That's what Gotham Knights is kind of doing they're just they completely changed all the mechanics of the game and it completely worked for god of war i'm like the game can never go back the series can never go back to the way it was because this is like what god of war is now yeah it feels like they're changing it for the times you know yeah so it's like back then it was all about like the the edgy nature and like the cool violent stuff yeah but now it's like people want to see a little bit more fleshed out like naughty dog style like game Dude, you know, Naughty Dog knows what especially, they're doing. Especially with like PlayStation, right? They're like, all right, so we're we're hitting stuff off with The Last of Us. We're hitting stuff off with like Uncharted, right? Yeah. Let's make God of War feel like that, right? We'll give Kratos like some cool, like fleshed out story, you know. We'll have him like, you know, we'll give him a kid, you know. The kid will be kind of cool. We'll have the kid like learn some stuff. And like he'll still get to, you know, he'll still get to Hulk out, you know, he'll still get to do his thing, but like it's gonna feel <laughs> It's going to feel like, you know, oh, like they pushed me to this point. I had to kill him kind of thing, you know? Yeah. They're like It feels like Kratos is going through like an old man Logan phase. Yeah. And he really is, too. And the one thing that I was afraid of that was going to happen in the game is your kid doesn't know you're a god. Right. Right. And then I was like, at some point, obviously, he's going to find out with like all of <laughs> all of the yeah. power he's got to show. 
and like my time. yeah and once the kid finds out he's half god uh he's he immediately goes to his head he starts thinking of people below him and <laughs> like brock and sindri the the two uh dwarves that are helping you out with like your armor and stuff there he's immediately talking down to him and telling the like demanding things yeah and i yeah. was like Oh, this kid! I, I'm start. I knew this moment was gonna come, but I'm really wanting him to just die. I, I'm sorry, Kratos. <laughs> your, your child needs to die. But yeah. then, spoiler alert for the end of the game: he actually like finds his middle ground, and he he actually becomes better than he was at the beginning of the game. Like he sees everything from a whole different aspect, and he he thinks of more of like a protector almost. Like, oh, I'm half half god, half giant. I I need to protect people kind of thing and like Kratos I forget like what exactly Kratos says but he was like oh you've essentially leveled out or whatever like you found your middle ground this is where you need to be yeah yeah and uh I was really happy about that and I once they name dropped him like boom he's Loki at the end I was like oh like I want to see where that's going you know where it's going multiverse that's where it's going bro <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, he's gonna be in Loki season two coming, coming soon. Disney Plus. Oh, um, like Kratos is definitely one of those characters where if they were just like, all right, we're sending him through the multiverse so he can kill more gods, I'd be like, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, we're, stay on topic. We, stay on topic. Yeah, we need to get we need to get back onto it. So yeah, Gotham Knights. Uh, I'm I'm really looking forward to hopefully playing this game with you because I think it is coming out for the PC. And I know you're a PC master race kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I would like to, and I, I'm pretty sure they said crossplay is going to be a thing. So I'd like to play this game with you when it comes out. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'd have to friggin' order it. Um, I'm not, I'm not going to pre-order. I'd probably buy just day one because I don't like getting into the whole pre-order stuff because that, that's like where I feel like gaming companies are starting to bump up prices and be like, Oh, yeah, well, we see, like, the hype. You know, they'll pay anything for these games, man. We can kind of just give them this bummy content to make them, like, pay extra, right? I'm like, ah, yeah, I don't want to pay, like, $90 for a couple extra skins because they look nice, but, like, at the end of the day, like, I'm not really going to be looking at the skins that much. But then if you're going to buy it day one, why don't you just pre-order, like, the standard edition so you get that custom bat cycle pre-order bonus? I might pre-order it, like, the day before, you know? If that, I really counts, want it, if I really want it, I might pre-order it like the day before just to get the bat cycle and call it a day. Because you know? if you don't and we're playing it day one, I'm going to be driving around on my bat cycle with my custom skin and going like, look what you could have had. Yeah. And, and that's that's how I know, like the gaming markets are like, oh, yeah, like we're putting this stuff in. So one player can flex on another player real quick and then they'll want to pay extra for like new stuff. And I'm not going to pay for new stuff. I'm going to be like, yeah, that's real cool, Brett. But like, I'll play default guy all day, every day. You know? <laughs> yeah. And it, it's, you know, eventually it'll be released anyways. They, they always do that. They're like, oh, it's an exclusive pre-order. The only game that I've ever seen do that uh, are Arkham games, actually. Like on the Arkham Origins, for example, there was a skin that was a PlayStation exclusive that never made its way to Xbox. And I was like, I can't believe, because usually when they do that, they're like, oh, this is PlayStation exclusive. And then like four months later, you see it being like, oh, we're, it's coming soon to the Xbox. 
Yeah, yeah. But like that and like other like Arkham Knight, I think had some PlayStation exclusive DLC maps mm. and that that never made its way to the Xbox, I don't think. So I, I think uh now that I'm thinking about it, this custom skin may be your only chance <laughs> to getting it pre-order bonus. I might get I might get it, but like if I really, really want it, I'll pre-order like the day before and grab it. Yeah. But like I'm not I'm not gonna like put down like a pre-order bonus, you know, multiple months in advance for a game that I have no idea if it's going to be good or not when like, you know, I might want to refund it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so I, I right. usually wait things out, you know, I'm going to share my screen now because I want to move on to the next topic, but I, I want to it. share my screen. Yeah. What you got? So how did you like the first and second Venom movie? I liked them. They're they're good. I feel I don't know how to put it right because if I'm not putting expectations into play right on their own they're like decent movies yeah but like if I put expectations into play I'm like they could have been a lot more like there's a lot you can nitpick with those movies and they're they're fun they're they're like nice little like turn your brain off kind of like silly like no gag comedies but at the same time you're kind of just like I wish like some people could have gotten the rights to this and that and then like really made more of what this could be, you know, there there are a few things that I I nitpick about those movies and they're they're not nitpicks at all. It's just things I wish could have been different. One, I wish this version of Venom could have interacted with Spider-Man first or at all. I mean, I know they had a little tease at the end of No Way Home where, you know, he left some Venom behind to stay in Tom Holland's world. Yeah. But uh, it's been heavily hinted at that the Venom verse exists in like the Amazing Spider-Man world, mm-hmm. uh, which is like I really would have loved to have seen an Andrew Garfield Venom uh, storyline. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would have loved that, especially when in No Way Home, he hints about after he comes back at the end of the Amazing Spider-Man 2, he, he falls back into his depression and he stops pulling his punches. I would yeah. have loved to have seen that, but he's wearing like a black version of his suit. And oh, he's like, dude. he's like, like at one point he almost kills a guy like, dude, I would have loved a movie because like the tone of those movies were very adult. That's like the big thing I didn't like about uh, the I mean, I like the Tom Holland Spider-Man movies, but they just felt like they were almost kids movies compared to the Sam Raimi Spider-Man's and then the uh, the Amazing Spider-Man movies. They felt like they were kids movies compared to those because it's focusing on Peter Parker when he's a young teenager. So, of course, he acts like a kid. But I, mm-hmm. I, I want more of a mature Spider-Man, which is where I'm hoping it goes into. And since Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man was already mature, I would have liked to seen this Venom because this Venom's really cool. And, you know, Ven- uh, Tom Hardy does the voice work. He, I think they modulate of his voice, obviously, when he does the Venom voice. But I think, like, all of that, if, like, boom. You didn't know like Tom Hardy was Venom, like or uh, Eddie Brock throughout the movie, but he's doing the voice of like the Venom, uh, talking to Andrew Garfield the whole movie, and then at the very end, or like at some point in the movie, he like bumps into Eddie Brock, but he doesn't like say it's his name. He's just like another photographer over there, and then yeah. end credit scene, it's like boom, he was Eddie Brock, and he actually receives the the symbiote. And then, like, that's where Venom 1 starts. That would have been really cool. That would have been neat. 
that that would definitely have been neat. But like at the same time, that those movies had so much going on, and you'd have to like completely rewrite those stories in order to get those to to go through. And like you know, they're trying to plan like Sinister Six stuff, right? So it's like yeah, like like I wish I wish things could have been different. But like I can't I can't look at it like that because I'm like, well, that's just not how it went, you know, and I don't want to like hurt nobody or hurt myself thinking of what could have been. But I'm like, oh, well, we got what we have and you know, yeah. it could be a lot better. And but- I see what they're doing with new Spider-Man. Right. And young little kitty boy, baby Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah, he had his run. But the latest movie started putting him in the big boy shoes, you know, and I'm like, all right. So now he's going to be going to college. He's dropping all his nerdy friends and stuff like that. And he's got to start all over again. And like you saw, you saw how he stopped pulling punches on Green Goblin. He almost killed him. Yeah. Right? So you're like, tight, OK, dude. yeah. So you're like, OK, they're starting to push more edge. They're starting to they're starting to wane off of that baby stuff and push more edge. And I'm liking that because you see it here with Spider-Man and you saw more of it with Doctor Strange, too. Dude, yeah, right. that was that was good. All the edge and like the blood and chopping. Spoiler alert: Captain Carter in half. Yeah, so like they, my thing with Doctor Strange two is they were really going in on it, right? Yeah, but like I felt like they were holding themselves back still when they could have went like deeper. Like Wanda was intimidating. But like you could tell at some points she was holding back when she really didn't need to be holding back. And it it made some of the other characters look weaker to make her look stronger. But then they didn't really do anything to capitalize on her looking stronger. Yeah. And it it goes with the we're going to talk more about Doctor Strange 2 and Mr. Fantastic later. But with Mr. Fantastic, this is one of my nitpicks of the movie. Uh, Reed Richards is the smartest man in the universe, right? And he immediately tells Wanda, hey, this is Black Bolt. He could defeat you with his mouth, essentially. And she's like, oh, cool. Thanks for telling me that, Mr. Fantastic. (laughs) I'll just remove his mouth from the equation and he'll kill himself. I know. And then she she turns him into silly string and like his head pops or whatever. And then you're like, wow, he really doesn't seem like the smartest man in the universe when he's supposed to be. No, he definitely he definitely pulled a Star Lord there and became the dumbest man in the universe in yeah. one scene. Yeah, I was watching something on that. And I I got a good chuckle out of the idea. It was just like, oh yeah, like this guy knows exactly where your like kids are. He can tell you right now. You know, <laughs> and then mm-hmm. Black Bolt just kills her on the spot. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, oh man, that could have happened. That really could have happened. That could be game right there. Oh game yeah, I match. did see I did see something like that. It's like. <laughs> Black Bolt actually has like a secret how to get your kids back. Tell her Black Bolt and it's just like the end credits roll. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that would have been that would have been hilarious. But it would have made Wanda look like a total fool, right? And she wouldn't have <laughs> been nearly as cool. My thing is, with all the crazy killing and stuff that she was doing, just making people look like you know, just like how do I put it? Like lambs to the slaughter, you know? Yeah. Like with all of that going on, she didn't really. I, I was hoping they didn't kill her off. You know, I was hoping they'd keep her alive. I think she's totally still alive, bro. I'm, I'm, I, I sure I, hope so, man. I can cause... almost, I'm like 95% sure she. I, actually, I'll bump it up to 97 and a half. 
She, I'm 97 and a half per point percent <laughs> sure that she is alive and we'll she see better her again. Be. And uh, I want to talk about that more later, but we're going, okay, back, okay. going back to Venom, uh, what I'm showing you here is uh, Venom 3 officially coming. And uh, this is what Tom Hardy posted on his Instagram. It's a picture of the script and o over the title, he's drawn like a little venom and he's got like a red tongue coming out but can you see what it says below that story by tom hardy and kelly marcel tom hardy is helping make the story for venom 3 which is different than the first two he's actually getting a story credit isn't that okay. cool yeah 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 so he's gonna help write it out a little bit and hopefully that fixes some of his characters like crackhead like tendencies you know yeah because like I was enjoying Venom, but at the same time, I would look over at Tom Hardy and I was just like, man, this dude, like if I was on the streets watching him talk to himself and like the sweat and the, like the dark look over his eyes, I'd be like, ooh, this is kind of rough, you know? Always eating chocolate. Oh, <laughs> just munching, just, just devastating, like huge things of chocolate all the time. Yeah, he was he was funny with it. He was really funny with it. I'm I'm hoping he doesn't like he can write himself better. You know. Yeah, and Ho hopefully we can see that. That that goes back to the some of the things I didn't like about uh, the first two Venoms, which I like both of them. I actually I'm sadly sad to say that I like the first one more. That's because they should have been rated R. Uh, they should have went more into the fact that you know he's an alien who doesn't really care about not killing people and like. I want to see some heads get chomped off. Uh, and then with Venom, let there be carnage. I loved Woody Harrelson as carnage. Carnage is my favorite Spider-Man villain, but you know, they, they totally made like it. I mean, it was PG 13, but it definitely felt like PG venom or I mm -hmm. mean carnage. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I really wanted to see carnage wreak some carnage. And they, my biggest nitpick for that movie in particular was, they ruined one of the best aspects of Carnage, which is his all the sim or the symbiotes. Like, think about Venom in particular. They say we because they're two different people, right? You yeah. got the Venom symbiote and uh, Eddie Brock, but with Carnage, he's all. They felt such a tight bond. They 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 say I am Carnage because they're always on the exact same wavelength. They think the exact same way. They just care about Carnage. That's what uh, I felt, yeah. Yeah, and at the end of the movie, they're actually disagreeing on something because, like, the girlfriend has, like, got the the sound powers and uh, it's hurting Carnage, and she he wants to kill the girlfriend, but, of course, like, uh, Woody Harrelson was like, uh, no, no, don't kill her, and, like, they start pulling apart from each other, and that's, like, the motivation for Venom to, like, finally defeat him. Yeah. And I'm just like, uh, no, Cletus Cassidy and Carnage should be super symbi symbiotic. Like, I, I get it for like story beat wise, that Venom needed that motivation to show that him and Eddie Brock were symbiotic and they weren't. But no, hopefully, hopefully from here they'll go a little bit more accurate with things because Tom Hardy, obviously I'm uh, likes the character and I'm sure he wants to make it as true to the character as possible. And maybe with 
you know, uh, Deadpool one and two and Logan and other and Zack Snyder's Justice League. I'm guess I'm hoping with all these R rated movies, superhero movies, they'll make this rated R. I don't see why they shouldn't. Yeah, it really bothers me how all of these Marvel movies are PG-13 and they're not pushing for as much violence as they really should be, you know, because they they have this sort of vibe to them where you're just you're sitting there, you're looking at it and you're like, you know, you know, they could be pulling off some crazy, like devastating, like attacks and destroying like all these people and and really play up the villains to show like, oh, man, like this guy, he's serious. Yeah. This guy means business, but they're not. They're, they're holding them off. Like, how, how do you take a serial killer and only have the serial killer kill like five people, you know? Yeah. Throughout it, the whole movie. Oh, yeah. I only, I only killed the people in the, the psych ward and I killed some people like outside the, the psych ward at the prison. And that was it. Like, I wasn't doing anything like really carnage related. Yeah, he he I wanted to see the rampage. One of I love uh, Spider-Man uh, Maximum Carnage, one of my favorite things, which actually has Morbius in it, too, which is funny. Morbid uh, time. It's Morbid time. Um, <laughs> but I absolutely like the whole city is just like constantly getting like just different parts of the city. Carnage is just going on a rampage and they can't defeat him. Like Spider-Man and like all these other people, they just can't defeat this guy because he's so powerful. And every time they stop fighting him and they let him go, he's just out killing a bunch more people. And it's just like if we're not stopping him and almost dying ourselves, uh, which we would be the last line of defense, obviously, they're they're just going to leave and go kill a bunch of other people, which is not the vibe we were getting. It was. I think they made it too personal. It's good to have personal connections with the villain in order for the audience to feel more involved with uh, and care a little bit more about the hero villain dynamic, but they made it too personal uh, because everything they did was out of like a personal vendetta in that movie. Mm -hmm. He needed to feel more of a, a threat. Yeah. He, he, he seemed like a threat to venom and maybe the police, but not the citizens of San Francisco. Exactly. Exactly. So only like it's a good and bad struggle, but all the people in between the citizens who are just kind of there, they weren't really in any danger. He stole that one dude's car. He stole. (laughs) He stole a car. You know, he he played GTA and he took a car, but he didn't kill nobody. I'm like, what? I did. That's that's interesting. the coolest thing that I think they did Carnage-wise for killing people was when that one prison guard was there and he like stuck his tongue down the dude's throat and like killed him that way dude that was <laughs> yeah, pretty tight yeah, yeah. but I, I i i might be crazy i haven't read everything carnage related but i don't remember him making a tornado ever so i thought that was a little weird in the movie <laughs> and he only did that i think that one time in the prison too he created that tornado like that might have come in handy at the church later in the movie it, it probably would have but you know we can only do one move like once before it gets stale. You don't want to do tornadoes all over the place. It's not a video game. Yeah. But uh, anyways, uh, uh, that's all the information I think we know about Venom 3 right now. Uh, so I'm, I'm hoping that we, we get some more information soon because I'd really like to know, like, 
not just like, oh, who's the bad guy of the story? But like, is it going to be rated R? Am I actually going to see a dude's head get chopped off and like blood splatter everywhere? I want to yeah. I want to know those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. But that, but the rated R movie thing that's kind of rolling into our next subject, which is Joker related. The I, Joker you, baby. Yeah. So Joker officially confirmed Joker two uh, with Todd Phillips, the director of the first movie, and hopefully of the second movie if it's uh, if Joaquin Phoenix officially signs on. He put this on his Instagram. This is the cover of the script of the movie, which it says Joker. Fali, uh, Fali Ado, I, I hope I pronounced that right. Uh, I forget what that means. It says, it means something to. Fali Ado. Yeah. Is that what it says? Fali Ado, also known as shared psychosis or oh. shared delusional disorder, is a psychiatric sim- uh, syndrome in which the symptoms. Delusional belief and sometimes hallucinations are transmitted from one individual to another. What? Yeah, and so I I remember hearing about this the first time, and I'm like, I don't know how that's going to play into it, right? Uh, but uh, then the rumors started coming about. Uh, before we get into that, I just want to show you this other photo. This is Joaquin Phoenix reading the script. And if you look at if you look closely enough right here where my cursor is, you'll see Enix. He's got the watermark version uh, for his script. That way, mm-hmm. if it gets leaked, obviously, they know it was him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, he's reading the script. But uh, as of right now, he hasn't officially signed on yet. He's not really a sequels guy, Joaquin Phoenix, and neither is Todd Phillips. But both of them had such a great time with the first movie. They both said they were like, I'd love to make a sequel. Gotcha. But I'm assuming the reason why it's not he's not officially signed on is he's probably got a lot of notes. He's a uh he's actually a very smart guy. Uh so I'm assuming that he's making a lot of notes and they might be adjusting the script. That's that's okay. just that's just purely speculation on why Joaquin Phoenix hasn't officially signed yet. Uh but once they do, boom, they'll be ready to go. Now moving on to the rumors. This is going to blow your mind. Because uh, the Foley Adu, right? It's transferring one set of delusions uh, from one person to another, right? Can you yeah. think about how that would play into the Joker lore? Just before I tell you what the rumors are. In Joker lore? No. Like, when I, when I hear that, the first thing I think is like, oh, Scarecrow gas? Or like some sort of like toxin or something like that that would leak into you to like mess you up? And I, I, would, I would think of it as like something for like a terroristic effect on like the citizens. Yeah, I can I can see where you're coming from with that. But I think with what that saying, the folia do is your own personal delusions and whatnot are getting transferred to another person, which only can bode not well for one person, which is uh, a Harley Quinn type. Oh, which, which is what the uh, rumors are that Lady Gaga is going to be coming in and playing Harley Quinn oh. in a Joker too. Now this is this is this is the crazy part. So think about how heavily and like we're think back to the Joker right first movie. 
And yeah. think about how heavily involved the music was to like their rendition of the the character. Like uh, the after that, his first few kills, he like has that. He goes to the bathroom and he starts dancing to like the creepy symphony music, and yes. he's just dancing. And there's music throughout all of the movie, kind of just progressively showing like his transition through sound into the Joker from Arthur Fleck to Joker. The sequel is rumored to not just have Lady Gaga as Harley Quinn, but that the fact is that the movie's actually going to be a musical. Oh no! I don't know how I feel about the musical aspect. I would, I wouldn't feel bad if Harley Quinn is like doing a singing kind of act. Yeah, I, I can imagine Harley Quinn singing to the Joker, and the Joker is like. Uh, na, 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 and like he's falling in love with it you know and they're having some romantic moment through the singing aspect but i don't want a musical yeah i'm gonna say that i at first was against it right because mm -hmm. uh, they're just rumors right now and i hate to make uh opinions on rumors because sometimes they're not true and at first i didn't want to make an opinion and i didn't uh, i honestly didn't like it but now I'm actually cautiously optimistic because I had a vision of a musical with Joaquin Phoenix's Joker and Lady Gaga's uh, Harley Quinn. And if you think back to the end of the Joker movie, I imagine them uh, in that street. Remember, like there were like people in clown masks everywhere. Buildings were on fire. Cars were getting flipped over like ambulances were getting like, like they were rolling cars in front of ambulances and stuff like that. Right. Uh, just imagine that, but then like Joaquin Phoenix's Joker and Lady Gaga's Harley Quinn in the center of the, like the street singing and dancing and like the cameras rotating around them and they're, you're seeing all the carnage unfold behind them as they're like in love and just enthralled with all this carnage and like chaos. And I actually really like that image. That image is a good idea. I just don't want to see that image in a musical aspect, if that makes sense. You can set a tone with good sounds, like a music soundtrack, but I don't want you to make a musical out of the Joker in DC characters. You know, that just doesn't sound like the Joker to me. I don't want to hear no Grease Lightning soundtrack or like how Pixar and like they got the little mermaid, like some Disney princess. You, you need it. to watch different uh, musicals. There's a, <laughs> there's a, it. Not all musicals are like that, man. Uh, I'm, I'm going to tell you like, there's the, uh, you should watch this one. It's an Andrew Garfield movie. It's on Netflix. Uh, tick, tick, boom. That's actually, I, I did not want to watch that movie except for the fact that it was Andrew Garfield. I honestly hated the fact that it was a musical. But I really like Andrew Garfield, so I was like, I'm going to watch this movie. It's like his first new thing in a long time that he's been in. And this is before No Way Home, too. So mm. I was like, if I'm not going to get him, because it still wasn't officially confirmed, of course, that he was in No Way Home. And I'm like, if I'm not going to get him in No Way Home, I need to watch this movie at least. So I watched it, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is fantastic. And it's, the movie, it's not like, your basic Disney kind of style. It's just like, it's just another way of setting the tone for the movie. It, there was a lot of like really heartfelt and like you're feeling the pain that they're going through, through a lot of the songs in that movie. 
and I can totally see that that could translate pretty well into a movie where the person all they care about is like being recognized for how insane and murderous that he is. And uh, I think that would, I think honestly, it could work well. Maybe if they don't lean too much into the music, like I don't think they should have like a song every 10 minutes. But if there's like four or five songs, maybe throughout the whole movie, I think that could actually work pretty well. And that, that's what I think of when I think of a musical. I think every 10, 15 minutes, there's a new song and a song and dance number and everyone's dancing around. And I'm like, that's not that's not a, a superhero movie. That's strange. That's awkward. Like if I wanted to see this on ice, sure, right? Like put it, put in the musicals every fifteen minutes, it'll be all right. I don't care. I'm I'm like watching some crazy like stupid thing on ice. But this this is supposed to be a sequel to the Joker, which I thought was really artistic piece. And I don't want to see something like that just kind of go a little bit more musically mainstream. If that makes sense, I, I like it when. You set the tone with music, but it's an undertone. You feel it in the background and people are talking over or you see subtle movements and stuff like that. And it's adding up to the scene with the music and it's all being played together and it feels like a dance, but you're not actually watching a dance, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. when, when they start actually dancing, I'm like, ah, unless it's like in, in, in Joker's case, like a crazy, kooky, I'm a loony bin kind of dance because I'm crazy, you know? Like yeah. it, it, made, it made sense for the Joker when he's doing his thing and like all cars being flipped over and stuff. And I'd love to see something like that with him and Harley. But I don't want to see a musical number pop off before and after that, you know? So no, I, if, I don't, if it's a couple songs here and there, cool. But I wouldn't want to call it a musical. I that makes sense. Yeah, it would still fall in the musical category, but I don't think that's the direction they would go. I think it would probably be maybe like five songs max that they would have throughout the movie. Maybe mm -hmm. one solo or maybe two solos for the Joker, one solo for Harley Quinn and maybe two shared songs throughout the rest of the movie. Uh, that's how I assume they would do it. And I think it might just be easier for me to imagine a singing movie with the Joker because of Batman, the killing joke there was <laughs> because of Batman, the killing joke. There was a musical. So there was a song where the Mark Hamill's Joker sang while he was taking, uh, he had kidnapped commissioner Gordon and he was, he had him like in a fun house ride and he was showing him how he's been torturing his or how he tortured her, uh, Barbara Gordon by shooting her and like, paralyzing her and like he took off all of her clothes and like he was showing that to her going through this crazy fun house and singing to him the whole time and it totally works for the joker because it's like he's crazy that's just <laughs> he probably thinks that's the most hilarious thing ever and it's all happening in song so I, it yeah. might just be easier for me to think about it that way because i've seen something similar i, I i've seen that right and it works in that but that is also an animated, like, goofy Joker. Mark Hamill does a really good job as, like, a goofy Joker. But this is a more artistic Joker. And if, I, if this was Jack Nicholson, right, I'd be like, oh, yeah, go for the musical. It'll be funny. It'll be, like, really goofy over the top. I'll like it. But Joaquin Phoenix's version of the Joker was very artistic, very slow, like, descent into madness kind of style, right? Yeah. 
And if if the descent into madness was only that first movie, and then this next movie is gonna be very, oh, okay, now I'm the normal Joker. Da 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 da. You know, he's pulling his Looney Tunes shit. Then I'll, I'll be kind of disappointed. I'll be a little disappointed. If they do it, they do it. But you know, it's gonna hurt a little bit. I I think it's still gonna be artistic if he sings because of like how I was saying how heavily involved music was, and I don't think it's gonna be your la la land style it's going to be really creepy music it's going to be very probably demented lyrics and it's going to probably seem very strange like if they're confessing their love they're going to be talking about really demented sounding stuff but it's going to mean a lot and personal to them i don't think uh i think you might just be imagining too disney (laughs) too much disney i hope i am i really hope i am brett do and you? it's and it's also just again this is still just a rumor and also Joaquin Phoenix hasn't officially signed on. If it is actually in the script for it to be a musical, he could actually end up just being like, you know what, keep the song part of it, but take out all the lyrics. Yeah. You know? he, Here's my thing, um, Lady Gaga, has she acted before? Have yeah. we seen her? Yeah. What, and what she's act- has she done? Uh, recently there was a good one that came out a few years ago. Uh, a star is born. A star is born. Dude. She does. She doesn't feel like a corny actor that has to like rely on singing. Right? No. I mean, there, she does sing a few times in that movie, but it is, she actually does a fantastic job. I actually surprisingly like that movie. I only went to see that movie because, uh, my wife really wanted to see it. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's going to be a movie about Lady Kaga and Bradley Cooper and some kind of like how she's becoming a singer or something. But I was like, oh my gosh, this is actually a really personal story but between these two people. And there's also songs sprinkled in. And she's she's actually, she brought it home, like acting-wise. And I was like, I, I couldn't believe that Lady Gaga was doing such good acting. Like I felt it right here, pointing to my heart. <laughs> okay. Oh, I'm hoping for the best, right? If it happens, it happens. If it doesn't happen, we'll see. But you said Joaquin Phoenix is a smart guy. You know, he'll make his adjustments. So hopefully he makes the character shine again. That That's all what I'm really looking for here, that yeah. they make him shine again. I'm, I'm just hoping more information comes out soon so we can uh, make more uh, opinions. Because again, you know, just rumors. And usually I would have that in the rumor mill, but it has to go along with the fact that the script was officially done. That's why I would I brought it into the news section. Uh, okay. Because it the fact is that the script is done. It doesn't mean it's officially fully greenlit yet because the <laughs> your main star hasn't signed on yet. Mm. Let's go ahead and move on because uh, we haven't even hit the heavy hitters yet that you were really hoping to talk about. Oh, uh, Lord, because <laughs> I, I just wanted to throw some stuff in. Uh, so Marvel has officially announced Daredevil season four Ooh. coming to Disney plus. Oh, this should be good. This should be good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, everyone is cautiously optimistic, including me, when it comes to Daredevil season four, because no one knows if it's going to be like a a soft reboot where they're going to acknowledge the first three seasons, but they're going to be like fresh start to the, to the MCU daredevil now. Uh, yeah. Or if everyone's going to be like, or if they're just going to 
because all of those movies got a they had to make a TVMA rating for the Disney Plus app when they took in all of those Marvel Netflix shows. I don't know if they're going to make it TVMA again. I hope mm-hmm. they do. I mean, it could work as like just the PG-13 style they did with like Moon Knight and uh, Hawkeye a little bit. But um, I, I still think they should keep it TVMA. Uh, having recently rewatched Daredevil again, uh, that show is almost perfect tone wise. I don't think they need to change anything there. I'm glad Charlie Cox is coming back. He he had a quick cameo in No Way Home. Uh, I'm really glad. I think he's perfect as Matt Murdock, and I'm interested to see the direction they go. Because did you finish Hawkeye yet? I haven't started Hawkeye. Oh, unfortunately, I yes, gonna... I, I haven't seen any of New Kingpin. Okay, so you know Kingpin's in it. I know he's in it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Kingpin's in it, and he's gonna be rumored to be coming to the Echo Show, which is a spinoff show of the Hawkeye Show. And I'm really interested to see if they're gonna bring Kingpin back into Daredevil, or if he's gonna go off on this Echo thing and they're gonna focus on someone new. Gotcha. Uh, I would like to see Bullseye. Uh, we saw him a lot, and you saw all of Daredevil, right? I know you said you were binging it a few months ago, but did you ever finish it? Uh, I was not binging it. I was just like casually watching it with my girlfriend. Oh, right. And making time. We are in season three. We yeah. haven't finished it. I think I'm on episode four, season three. So, like, we're getting there, but like, we have not pushed all the way to the end. And. She's been putting it off, so I'm kind of like at that point where I'm like, all right, I might just kind of sneak this behind you because you're not, you know, picking up your slack and getting on it, you know? Dude, and Daredevil, I'm sure you, you're, because it's such a good show. Like, Daredevil, I just, at the first time I watched it, I don't think I appreciated it enough because I thought it was just like, oh, I could take it or leave it. But every time I rewatch the show, I feel like I like it even more. I always find something new that I didn't, I either didn't notice before or I just was like, oh, I didn't realize that this was happening the whole time. Like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. And I, I just see something in the grander scope of these shows every time I watch it. And I'm I'm really cautiously optimistic for this new season coming to Disney Plus. Uh, not sponsored, by the way, <laughs> by Disney Plus. Uh, they already have a track record of dumbing down good characters which is where i wanted to go into with moon knight here in a bit as yes. much yeah um i really i'm i'm cautiously optimistic i'm hoping uh maybe they should leave kingpin alone honestly you'll see when you get to the daredevil season three finale i feel like that's a really good place to leave the two characters at least for now Uh, I would really like to see Bullseye. Yes, Bullseye is a character in Daredevil Season 3, and yes, he is amazing in Daredevil Season 3, but he never becomes Bullseye. Uh, I want to see full-on Bullseye for Daredevil Season 4. That's what I'm hoping. Okay. But yeah, rolling right off of Daredevil, going back to the Moon Knight discussion, I really liked Moon Knight. I just wish it would have been a little bit more... Little less MCU, more Moon Knight, if you get what I'm saying. Because the whole 
the whole first couple episodes, you're just like you're in it with uh, Stephen and Mark Spector. You're just in it there with them. And it's like almost a psychological thriller. You're like, mm. oh, my gosh, this is so crazy. And he's like the this poor guy, Stephen Grant, is realizing that he's one of multiple personalities of this guy. And uh, he can't handle the fact that this guy's also like this superhero type Egyptian god who <laughs> actually is like killing all these people. And then he's also married to this girl that he's also interested in. And that's really funny how like she kissed him and like he punches himself and he's like, don't touch my wife. And it's, it's really funny because they're the same person too. So it's it's not it's not like it's cheating or anything. It's, <laughs> but it's not it almost is because they're two completely different people. But it was like it should have stayed right there. But then like the back half of the show got super MCU. I thought the fight scenes were kind of lame, honestly. Uh and then the final episode of the psychological thriller ended in a CGI fight scene again. Just like mm. with WandaVision. That was a that was like a more psychological uh thriller almost. Uh the whole time and you're on your toes, you're like, what's happening? What's going on? And then it ends in a giant CGI fight scene. Mm-hmm. MCU, if you're listening, Kevin Feige, everyone. It doesn't need to end in CGI fight scenes. Please. You can just have a show end naturally on its own. Just please, I don't need everything to end in some punch it out battle. Do you, do you feel the same way? Am I crazy about this? Um, I was very disappointed with the CGI fight scenes. I didn't think they were good. I like I, I don't think they were good enough to really hold the merit of needing to be the ending for the show. I feel the show's kind of like fell off and I I was really disappointed because Moon Knight he, he was one of those characters I remember hearing about and like seeing all this stuff. And I'm thinking like, oh, OK, so he's like a cool like Egyptian Batman kind of guy, you know, yeah. so he's going to be like Egyptian on the darker Batman. side. Yeah, so I'm thinking a darker, you know, MCU like hero. He's going to go around. He's going to like, you know, go through the streets, like the dark streets, get the information he needs, beat some people up. It's going to be it's going to be like a, a, a MCU Batman. So I was, I was more excited for it. I was like hyping it up. And then I'm watching the show and I'm seeing like Steven and I'm like, Steven's funny. But I, I was really hoping for something that wasn't MCU quirky, you know, catchphrase kind of people, you know, I was, I, I was expecting more. How do I say it? I, I, I just keep expecting from the MCU stuff that's not the MCU. And it's starting to really like disappoint me, and I'm starting to really feel that burnout. You know? Did you did you see Breaking Bad? I did see Breaking Bad. I love Breaking Bad. Yeah. Man. Imagine if the ex- the showrunner Vince Gilligan, uh, who made that in Breaking uh, Better Call Saul, imagine if they had made uh, a show like Moon Knight or WandaVision. Oh they, my god. They would have really shown you what like Wanda was going through or how Mark Spector and Stephen Grant were feeling sharing a body with an Egyptian god. And they the, like all that stuff, they would have shown you what it was really like for them and like from a intense perspective. It uh the the best episode by far of Moon Knight was the episode where 
I mean, yeah, there was a lot of CGI in it with the talking hippo, but it was like the scene where <laughs> it was going into his like his memories and seeing why Mark Spector is broken. They should have had way more of that in the show. It yeah. kind of hinted at it, like sprinkled here and there in all the episodes, but it should have been more heavily involved. Like this man is broken. He's in three different pieces. And then a fourth piece has been slapped in with this Egyptian God who's just, just trying to get him to kill this guy. And it, it you know, usually from what I remember in the comic books, Moon Knight didn't really care about killing people, but obviously in MCU world, he cares. and. It does show in that episode, like all the killing gets to him. But in all the other episodes, he's like just like at the, the first episode, for example, uh, Steven keeps waking back up and he's like got a gun in his hand and stuff like that. It's like it doesn't seem like Mark Spector's having an issue with killing all these people in the moment. Mm-hmm. I wish they would have been like every time he went to kill someone, it, he had like this little, like, oh, like a look in his eye. Like, I really don't want to do this, but I know I have to, he did kind of do that with like the kid, but it was mostly a kid thing. And like the second or third episode, like there was this kid he was chasing and he was getting taken over by the third personality, which yeah. we didn't know that at the time, but like, that was the only time in the show before the episode where he's haunted by all the people he's killed, where it's like, Oh, he actually does care that he's killing people. Uh, it and, could have been handled a lot better. And then it ends with a giant crocodile and a giant Egyptian moon god fighting by a pyramid. I wish <laughs> that the third personality that was like this mysterious, like super, I don't care, killing force. I wish that was the other side of Steven. And it was only that version of Steven and the mysterious killing force guy. Right. And mean, it, it really... You mean you mean like Mark Spector, not Steven, because Steven's like the the corny. Oh, Steven's the made up part, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Yes, I wish it was Mark Spector and um, the mysterious killing force, right? Yeah. To give it a more darker feel, to give it that. Oh, I don't know. Like, I I care, and I don't want to kill children, stuff like that. But like, here I am. I'm waking up, and I'm doing it, right? And I hope I was really hoping they wouldn't just show the waking up in him. What happened? Right. I wanted to see him turn into Moon Knight and viciously just brute like brutality beating people up, you know, that, and I wasn't I, seeing that. I, I felt the same way at first in that first episode. I, I, I was telling people were asking me how I enjoyed the show and I was like, well, He kept waking up from fight scenes, like, just like, what happened? And I'm like, I I wanted to see those, but I actually thought it added a little something to the fact that you're, you're right there with Steven or Mark or whoever, like, which either of the two woke up from being Jake Lockley, the third personality, and you Mm. feel the fear that they're like, what is wrong with me? Why do I keep killing all these people? And like, there's that distrust because like, uh, Mark Spector wakes up like and he kills that kid or whatever the uh, and he looks at like the reflection he's like Steven how could you do that and he's like it's not me and like they both look terrified because they can't they don't know if they trust the other person enough to because they don't know there's Jake Lockley in there but they're the I think that added a little bit of something and plus seeing how the choreography in that one fight scene uh, in like the middle episode where 
like he fights all those guys for like five minutes. Uh, the choreography just wasn't there for me. It seemed really bland and without yeah. personality. I, I don't think the choreography would have been up to par anyways if we had seen uh, what was going on. So, yeah, that's something Marvel needs to work on. The choreography is starting to fall off. Um, I feel like because I'm seeing all these other shows and these other shows, they're either doing it to where there's really well done choreography or there's not a lot of choreography, but like how they're setting things up and they're setting the stakes. There doesn't need to be a lot of fights for it to be like, an impelling story, like with uh, Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul, right? Yeah, a lot, a lot of that is more uh, just like guns. They're not hand-to-hand combat kind of stuff, and like half the time they're not even using guns. And when they do use a gun, it's like boom, you're dead. That's mm-hmm. it, right? So it, it kind of hurts when you go into the Marvel side and you're like, okay, yeah, more hand-to-hand combat, and the the hand-to-hand choreography is just very like sluggish. It doesn't feel that cool to watch, you know. And it's it, it takes away from the whole what am I like scared of? What am I you know, what what should be intimidating? What should be oh yeah, yeah. he's really strong, you know? Yeah, and, and it, it sucks to see these heroes like Moon Knight who are supposed to be like these really fearsome fighters going around, like beating people up, you know, taking people down. And if they want to make it like a split personality thing, like it'd be cool, like like you said, you know, they didn't have to show it all the time. It's kind of cool if they kept it a thriller, but I'd like to see it maybe every once in a while, you know, yeah, just to kind of like you know change things up. So he's waking up, he's waking up, he's like, "What's going on?" But then like maybe in the third or fourth episode, because you know, there's there's six episodes and it was kind of getting weak. There needs to be more episodes. They need to you know make more engagement out of this, right? Because mm-hmm. it's like I'm seeing all this and I, I feel like. These stories are very cookie cutter. We have a thing. It's kind of sloppily done. And then they close it off and like everything's like happily ever after. And, and, and that's another thing that's been bothering me. Like, why are these closing so quickly? And the character already feels resolved. You know, like these characters should not feel like, oh, yeah, like my story's done now. Like, I don't need to do anything after this. Like, I'm good. And then they're going to try and put them in a movie. And like when they put them in the movie, they have nothing to really show. That's the thing I have. A problem with with some of these shows is you you with tv shows you you don't want a season to be too long because then you're you just have a bunch of filler episodes and filler episodes are kind of lame compared to all the stuff where the actual plot of the season comes in uh like with lucifer for example a dc show uh they've had a couple of seasons where they had a they were just like you know let's make a little bit of a longer season they had a bunch of filler while yes the filler can be fun in the moment. It doesn't add to the the broad scope of the season. You need to find a nice middle ground to where you're not rushing everything like Game of Thrones, the final season, <clears throat> uh, and where you're not just having a bunch of filler. Like Lucifer found their zone with like a solid 10 episodes. It's It seems to be like if you have an, a season with eight episodes or a season with 10 episodes, you are right at where you need to be because you have just enough filler to stretch out the length of it being 10 episodes, but you have plenty of time as well to have enough plot points, enough uh, emotional beats, everything you could possibly need to take our hero of the story through the journey across the season slash series, whichever uh, that you're trying to do. Yeah, and I feel like 
Because it's like eating a steak, right? And you get your steak, and it's so good, but there's there's no fat. There's 0% fat in your steak, right? And you're yeah. like, well, I kind of want a little bit of fat in my steak, you know, an 80-20 uh-huh. split or something like that, right? Yeah. And you get an 80-20 split. I'm thinking eight episodes, two episodes like filler, or like mix it all together, right? You get 10 episodes, and it's really tasty. It's all good. And you really get that filling feel to you, right? But yeah. these episodes are, it's six episodes. So it's like, we're, we're kind of like breezing through and like straight to the ending. And then like some of these episodes kind of fall off and feel like filler anyway. So it's like, what's really the point here? You know, like what are we really getting at? Like if you wanted to make it like so cut and dry, why don't you just make it a, like a two and a half hour movie and call it an end anyway, you know? Yeah, I, I feel like this weird. was just a stretched out two and a half hour long movie. That's what it feels like. And it feels it feels like they wanted to do a Moon Knight thing. They did it and they're like, we're never going to do Moon Knight again. Or if they do do Moon Knight again, it's it's going to kind of just fall off because where are you going to go from here? You know, where are you the stakes you now? Do. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I totally see what you're saying. And like, for, there's still speculation on whether or not Moon Knight's even going to get a season two. And I hope... A, I hope it does because there's a good show in Moon Knight, right? It's not a completely terrible show. It's just a good show slapped with the MCU problems throughout the entire show. So I'm mm-hmm. hoping they can take people like ours' opinions and make them as positive uh, feedback towards making a better season two. Because I do want to see more of Oscar Isaac's Moon Knight. I want to see them actually kind of flesh out Jake Lockley's character because the way that they were making it seem, which this big plot hole, right? Uh, if Jake Lockley was a character, which he was, obviously they've, they've even confirmed it, that he was there from the beginning. Wh- when does he come in into uh, Mark's memories? How come neither Mark or Steven know that there's a third personality? And how come when they were uh, weighing the hearts and they were like, your hearts aren't balanced, you need to balance them, right? How come Jake Lockley's heart wasn't part of the weighing process? Yeah, that, that doesn't make sense either. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I just want, I want that third personality a little fleshed out. See, because they, they fleshed out Steven and Mark, right? They, mm-hmm. they, they had their whole hero's journey and all that. But there were a lot of flaws with their hero's journey and like how they got there. They they can take the mistakes they made and the things that they did right, put them together, and they could almost make the whole season two about the hero's journey, but for Jake Lockley's persona. Do you think that if they make a season two, then it's going to be like Jake Lockley by Moon Knight, Moon Knight's the Hulk, right? Yeah. And Jake Lockley has taken over and the other two personalities are stuck inside and it's Jake Lockley is doing all this like crazy stuff. And then they had to like find a way to break out and like take over the body again and become Moon Knight themselves. No, I think it's I think it would start out Moon Knight or uh, the Egyptian god uh, Khonshu. Khonshu. He's, he's shown that he's let go of Mark and Steven, right? Uh, but, but not he Jake has Lockley. A, but he's got Jake Lockley. So right. obviously Moon Knight's going to be still going out there. And at first they're going to 
feel like there's something off like hey how come like i have this cut on me and neither of them can remember and they're just like huh whatever but then they see like a moon knight out there and they're just assuming that Kanshu has grabbed hold of like this other avatar right they're like oh man that Kanshu, he's got someone else <laughs> but then they're like starting to really freak out they're they're both waking up in different places assuming that the other personality is doing things you're getting distrust because they're not believing the other they're like you had to have been doing something here why else am i waking up here you get that distrust you're getting some like good drama between mark and steven but on the the other side it'll keep going back to showing you what like jake lockley's been doing as moon knight so you still get your cool moon knight stuff and you you're getting to flesh out jake lockley you have some drama between steven and uh mark but then like halfway through the season they realize it's not just us in here there's got to be someone else and then it's the investigation you get to go th you you'll get to have those episodes where it dives back into mark's memories again where it's like you got to think back to some harsh memories and he's got other things he's got to go through and then he realizes there have been other times where he's flipped it because like every time he switched to jake in the show that's when he gets that really big freak out right he's like <laughs> and like he has that big like switch over he gets yeah. to remember all these really painful memories that he's kind of repressed where he's flipped the switch and jake lockley's taken over and solved pretty gruesomely that problem for him and uh i think they could really make a good season with that yeah, and then and then at the very end, it's a big CGI battle. No, no, <laughs> no, no. Inside Mark's don't. mind, you know, it's like, oh, there's Jake Lockley. We're gonna do a Kamehameha blast and kill him, you know, dude. That that's how it would happen. They're all fighting over control of the body, where it's like Kanchu really needs to fight someone, but it's like, give me control of the body. It's like. He can't help. We all have the powers of our mind in here and whatever we think of, we can conjure up and they're all just becoming like green lanterns in their head and they're just <laughs> conjuring things up and just destroying each other in there. Yo, Kanchu looks so bad. Like, I hated seeing him fight. Oh, oh, his character design was fine, right? I didn't really care about the character design, but yeah. making him a fight was a mistake. They should not have had Kanchu fighting because it looked worse than Black Panther CGI, you know? It was it was not good. Yeah, and like you know, that was another nitpick I had for the show cuz when they were like when Disney Plus was coming out and they were like we're going to have a bunch of Star Wars and Marvel shows, everyone was like but but what about the CGI? They were like don't worry, all of these shows are going to have MCU movie level budgets, which at first like the Mandalorian and WandaVision and even the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, they had good CGI. They had like what felt like MCU and Star Wars movie level CGI budget. But then you get further down the line and it seems like with every new show that's coming out, besides for like Star Wars shows, the Star Wars have had pretty good CGI, it seems like. But with MCU, like this show, the first episode, I was like, ooh, ooh, I can almost see the green screen. Like what is happening? And like yeah. with that, that that car chase scene down like the mountain in the first episode where Mark or Steven keeps coming back and Jake Lockley or Mark or whoever keeps taking over uh, and he keeps waking back up and they're like, oh, the idiots got the body now. 
And then he's like, he throws the gun out the window and they're like, did he just get rid of the gun? And it's just like, uh, I'm literally seeing like the CGI, like bubbly looking car behind you. It it looks super fake. (laughs) Conchu felt like, um, Venom, you know, Uh, the way, the way he talked to Mark and everything, he was just like, did he just throw away the gun? I'm like, oh man, Venom's talking again. Yeah. Venom's in the background. I felt the same way too, but he seemed like a such a lame Venom. Like there was mm. that one point in I think the second episode where he actually meets Ethan Hawke's villain character, and like they, he goes to like their their place where like his cult is all at, right? And mm. like he's like, "You can hear him now, can't you?" And he like looks over and Conchu's there, and he just goes like, "Kill him!" <laughs> I was just like, <laughs> "What?" <laughs> I I thought he was fine. I thought. It- I didn't think it was too much, but like compared to Venom, I, I, I thought it could have been a little bit better, but I thought it was fine. It, yeah, like fine. Fine is how I would define it. It was just like pure cheese, like for moments like that, where he was just like, kill him. And I was yeah, like, yeah, definitely, definitely cheese. Definitely what, cheese. But what I thought it was is funny. going on? <laughs> that that goes because we still had like plenty of other topics that you said you wanted to talk about, but we can't fit them all. In our time, oh, no. if we're going to hit our, our soft two hours, I think we've got about 45 minutes left and we're just now getting to the heavy hitters that you wanted to talk about. And just oh, for, no. for the audience's reference, I gave him a list of like, he, there's, here's a bunch of different things that we could possibly talk about. And he put an asterisk by things that are yes. And then uh, if it didn't have an asterisk or anything, that was like, nope. And then even for some things he put in like parentheses, like, I don't want to talk about this at all. Or if we have time at the end and we've talked about everything else, we can come back to this, which we definitely won't get to those. But these <laughs> next few topics, he triple asterisk. He said, we will be talking about these. And we'll, all right. So what's the first one? What's the first one? All right. The first one we're going back to our talk about Mr. Fantastic. Oh, Mr. Fantastic. And and so uh, this is from the direct.com. The digital release finally came out of the Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. And there's a an audio commentary for the movie. And the director, and, uh, Sam Raimi, and he was talking about a, a conversation he had with Kevin Feige about Mr. Fantastic. And this is the quote. I'm quoting here now. It's so funny that Kevin Feige cast John Krasinski because the fans had a dream of who the perfect Reed Richards would be. And because this is an alternate universe, I think Kevin said, let's make that dream come true. I've always really enjoyed all of his performances. So it's really cool that, that was end quote, sorry. So this is really cool that the fact that they listened to the fans, right? They were like, apparently fans really want John Krasinski to play Reed Richards, so let's just throw them in, right? That give yeah. them fan service. But this is this is the problem with this, right? That one statement right here, I'll, I'll read it again. This one part, and because this is an alternate universe, I think Kevin said, "Let's make that dream come true," which is mm. implying the fact that he's like, "This is an alternate version. We can give the fan service here." which is casting doubt on the fact that for the Fantastic Four movie that's coming out in a few years, that John Krasinski won't be returning as Reed Richards because Mm. Kevin Feige, head of the Marvel 
uh, he- the head of Marvel over at Disney, he's that those are his words. And if yeah. he's saying that, you know, this alternate universe is fine for Krasinski, is implying the fact that he has someone completely other in mind to play Mr. Fantastic. And I can't think of really that many other people. I really like the guy, I don't remember his name, who played him. And honestly, I'm, they were cheesy at the time, but thinking about it, it's the best Fantastic Four movies. The original Reed Richards guy from the 2004, 2005 movie. I really liked him as Reed Richards. I don't remember anything about the old Fantastic Four. I wanted to go back and rewatch them just because those movies were pretty funny, but I don't remember too much from them, honestly. I just remember like the really silly CGI. Yeah. And like the funny fight scenes. And you know, so, I, I don't know what route they're going to go with the Fantastic Four movie because they went super cheese with that, right? But then with Fan oh, yeah. Four Stick in 2015, they went way too serious, right? Too and, serious um, and didn't work, yeah. And a lot of the issues weren't uh, director or script per se problems. It was mostly studio involvement, which Fox and Sony have been really bad at doing. Like, too, They were too heavily involved with The Amazing Spider-Man 2, which caused all those movies therein after to be canceled. They were too, And then Fox was too heavily involved with a lot of the X-Men movies. Which is why, like those fa- that fan four stick movie really failed. The director actually had a, a really deep and personal story he wanted to tell from a sad pers- He wanted the movie to almost be like a tragedy of about the Fantastic Four, but they they really uh, they really pushed the director to his breaking point, and then the the director was super lax, and he really didn't care about the movie, and so it really showed when the movie came out that nobody really cared about this crap shoot of a movie that ended up coming to screen, which mm. is really sad. Uh, and, you know, Miles Teller, he probably could have been a good Reed Richards in that movie. You know, he did really well in that Whiplash movie with J.K. Simmons. Mm. Uh, I really liked him uh, in Top Gun Maverick, the new Top Gun. Oh, uh, yeah, he's in there. Yeah, he's he's in there. He's one of the actually, like... I thought he was just going to play like a side character, but he's actually got pretty a pretty huge role in the movie, like surprisingly. And he was fantastic in there. <laughs> Get what I did there? And Ollie. yeah, was, and I maybe if they wanted to bring him back and give him another shot, I'd be up for that. But I just don't know who they could possibly cast as the RMCU's Reed Richards. Yeah, I'm definitely curious i want to hear more about that especially because i want to see them give it another try and i want them to knock it out the park um i'm hoping i'm really hoping they put all fantastic for like lore and movies only i don't want to see it split up into shows and everything because i feel like when you put everything into the movies everyone's kind of on the same page because you know half the people they're not paying for disney plus and then they walk into the new movie and they have no idea what happened because they didn't watch like WandaVision, you know? Yeah. So they walk into the new Doctor Strange 2 and they're like, what is going on here? What What is happening? And with the two and a half hour mark, you can tell a nice little story, put a little character development, but you don't want to put too much character development because you're trying to make this like trilogies and, you know, make like four, five, six movies off of these characters most of the time, right? So you want them to slowly, you know, get to their prime forms. You don't want them to be, 
you know, in and out done in eight episodes or six episodes and that's it, you know? Yeah. So I'm, I'm hoping if they do Fantastic Four and they get like a really solid cast and the first movie's knocked out the park, then like they can set it up for like future movies kind of like they did with the Avengers and make Doctor Doom like a real scary, you know, oh, we're going to need a lot more heroes for this kind of fight, you know? Because that's what Doctor Doom deserves and that's what the Fantastic Four deserves. But Ooh, it's it's gonna be a long road, and they they got to do a lot of things right to get there. I'm I'm real scared. Yeah, um, a lot of people apparently also didn't like his costume, which I don't see anything wrong with it. I actually really like like uh, these lines that are involved in his suit. Really make it feel like this suit was made to stretch. So mm. like the thing stretches with him. That's why it needs like the little cutout lines, and. Yeah. uh I really like that, but a lot of people are like, oh, it looks lame. And I'm like, I don't know what your ideal version of a Fantastic Four suit looks like, but this is pretty good, especially for a movie. Like, because think about how cheesy all them costumes are. Like, the original ones were like blue and white. Like, uh, <laughs> that's and rough. It, yeah. Keep yeah, it black and blue. Yeah. The black and blue looks good. Uh, yeah. And the four on the center of the chest, that's like classic Fantastic Four. I know, like, in the, the 2005 one, they had just like the little emblem, like where a little polo emblem would go like on your chest, yeah. which I, I'm fine with that, too. Uh, but I think this is actually a pretty well done costume. And I like the I, of course, love the the white right over the ears. It's a Reed Richards classic touch. Yeah, yeah. I hope Krasinski Ooh. actually comes back. I hope maybe Kevin Feige changes his mind because it sounds like he's already made up his mind. I hope uh, he changes his mind and he's like, you know what? Let's give him let's give him a movie. Let's, I, let's I hope give he him. comes back and I hope they write him in a way that doesn't, you know, make him look like <laughs> the dumbest man in the universe. Exactly. Yeah, because they, they made they made the Illuminati look stupid, man. They made him look really stupid. And it, it's hard to believe that that same team went and beat Thanos. This is crazy plan. And then when Wanda shows up, they all just like immediately like kick rocks you know they, they were terrible and not only did they defeat thanos they defeated thanos before he even made it to earth to collect the I rest know. of the infinity stones i know which makes me wonder what they did against the uh what was the immortal monster do you know what i'm talking about like in the did you watch the immortals movie eternals eternals eternal my, not immortals my bad the eternals movie like that big monster at the end that's like supposed oh, to destroy the celestial. The, human race. the celestial. The celestial. Right. Yeah, I'm sorry. That I watched the movie, but like I just didn't like it at oh, all. It, it, I did <laughs> not have high hopes for it at all. And it met my expectations. I was like, yeah, this movie. Oh, my. And you know, it's really sad too because that was like the MCU trying to give like a, like it's a director based movie. So the director had a lot of control over it. And I was like, oh, so they might be going like a Zack Snyder route finally. And seeing that it, it just was not not a good movie, I was like, I hope this doesn't turn them away from going the Zack Snyder style route of giving a director creative freedom. With like a set, like a group or something, you know? Yeah, because, you know, Zack Snyder, he he knows how to do those kind of you got to get the right uh, storyteller. I don't remember who the the um, I know it was a female female director. Uh, I'm not saying she's a bad storyteller. This particular story was not told well, and it 
that just doesn't look good on her is what I'm saying. I know yeah. Zach if you you need a Zack Snyder type I'm uh who's shown that he can take like for Watchmen example the the Watchmen movie all he did for that movie was he t- <laughs> he essentially took a bunch of comic book panels from the Watchmen graphic novel and he was like now I just need to make that on the screen and he <laughs> translated it completely well onto screen so he showed that he could take a storyboard and t- tell it pretty well but then he has other movies like 300 and uh other uh sucker punch even though sucker punch wasn't isn't my favorite movie by far uh Mm. he he's shown that he can tell a really good story even if everything else isn't up to par he's a good storyteller i think i don't really know who this director was here let me look it up chloe zhao is her name i'm looking on imdb i'm gonna see what other stuff she's directed she didn't right, work so, on anything it's her first movie <laughs> <laughs> yeah no she's it seems to be one two th- are these movies oh yeah so it seems to be her fourth movie she's directed a bunch of shorts before but uh i don't think she's got a good enough track record to have been given something like oh if you're gonna introduce all these unknown characters you need to make this a baller movie like Guardians of the Galaxy. They gave it to James Gunn. Amazing, yeah. hilarious storyteller, right? They're like, yeah. make these unknown characters beloved to Marvel. He was like, gotcha, fam. I'll take it. <laughs> make you some money. Got it. And then this Chloe Zhao, she was like, uh, I, I, I'm sure she did an excellent job directing-wise. It's just storytelling-wise, it just was not there. Maybe... Th- Maybe Marvel secretly behind the scenes was like, hey, this is our script. Don't even think about changing it. And she was like, <laughs> oh, okay. Who knows? There was, there was something wrong with this movie in the storytelling wise that should have been fixed because it was boring. I didn't care about any of the characters. And then like their coolest scene was an end credit scene with uh, the guy who plays Jon Snow. Uh, where he it teases like Blade and him being like having that sword that makes you just want to kill. That was like the <laughs> coolest part of the movie, and it was like a one minute end credit scene. <laughs> the other end credit scene was really stupid, and it had Harry Styles in it. And I when I saw it in theaters, the there was like this chick freaking out beside me because I'm <laughs> guessing she was bonding over Harry Styles, but she kept going like. <gasps> <laughs> oh my god and i'm just like (laughs) this dude is not that good looking i don't know what he did in that those music video what was he in one direction or something like that i think so uh whatever boy band he was in i don't know what he did to his butt or strutted his stuff i don't know what he did but he must have done something to uh do (laughs) to that girl to make her just freak (laughs) out like that it didn't do it to me the the Seeing Harry Styles in an end credit scene wasn't cool enough. Nothing about that movie saved it. I'm sorry. I don't care if they make an Eternals 2 or not. I uh, I feel like maybe they should have just focused on Gemma Chan's, the, the main character. They should have just focused on her a little bit more. Because she had a pretty good story. I like Gemma Chan. She's really good. And they were there was just way too many people in this group. I didn't care about any of them, which really made for like oh no people could die and i'm like i don't even remember her name 
or his yeah. name. Who cares? Yeah, it was it was a hard movie to follow with. I didn't really like any of the characters. I, I just wasn't really impressed by any of it. You know, it was it was just uh, it just felt like the CG like battle the movie. You know, I whatever budget Moon Knight probably had for CGI probably went to this movie because they had the CGI was pretty great in this movie. I'm gonna be honest. That was the only thing I think it had going for it was the CGI and visual effects. I think they should have just taken the budget from this movie and put it in things like Moon Knight and other things. So they would have been able to stand on their legs a little bit more. Uh, Yeah, this movie just kind of felt like, how do I say it? It felt like a CGI trailer thing or like a demo reel, you know? So they, they show off all the impressive things you can do with CGI and like all the, like the cool stuff, but it didn't really feel that much like a cool movie. Just felt like a, a display. I, yeah. I just, I didn't like it. I just, I wouldn't watch it again. And I, I wouldn't I, watch I, I it do. again and I'm not going to watch it again. <laughs> I'm not going to watch it again. I, I hope they kind of just end it there and don't make a sequel. You know, because these characters just aren't entertaining to me. They have way more to work with in the Marvel Universe, right? And I think I think those guys should begin a budget. And if you want to make cool events with them, make cool events with them. Like, why are we focusing on the Eternals when we still have X-Men? You know, you yeah. guys got X-Men now. Bring them in. Yeah, bring them in now. I don't know what Kevin Feige's plan is with X-Men, because someone asked him in an interview once, like, uh, with this new phase, phase four of MCU, did the purchasing of Fox and having the X-Men and Fantastic Four change the scope? And he was like, nope, sure didn't. It's uh, I think it's all going to make sense when it plays out the way it does. And I'm like, I, I wish you had said, yes, it did change everything, because I would have been like, boom, I have all these new toys to play with. How do I fit them in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, we'll see how it goes. Hopefully his master plan is good. Because, you know, up to, up to Endgame was really good, you know? Up to Endgame was good. You did a good job. But, like, once you get past Endgame and, you know, you start putting the streaming services and everything in, it's like, all right, well, where are we going now? Like, what's the next step? And, like, you've seen kind of the steps and you're like, yeah. ah. And you know, you know it's going to go back to a big collaborative, like, superhero meetup. Like you're looking at some of these pieces that he's playing with and you're like, I don't really want to see them in the big collaborative superhero meetup. I could they not be there? Like the whole eternal team, they they don't have to show up to the big collaborative superhero meetup in Endgame. And I'd be fine, you know? Like if, if they have Endgame 2, don't bring the Eternals in, you know? Eternals could have you know how we were just saying Moon Knight might have been better as a movie? I feel like Moon Knight should have been a movie and Eternals should have been the TV show. Show. Yeah. That would have been, yeah, that would have been a lot better. Eternals they, could have stayed a show too and never been past the show. And Moon Knight could have had like several movies that like explore with his character development. See, we're and saying this now, better. but that's because the characters aren't fleshed out in the movie Eternals. But I'm sure if they were able to flesh it out like a, like a walk, like The Walking Dead, for example, there's a lot of characters on that show, but you feel a lot for all the characters because you've had time to attach to them. You care about them. You remember their names. 
Yeah, but but the walk the Walking Dead was like what six seasons or no no more <laughs> no. than six seasons right? It's on yeah, their like eleventh season now. Eleventh season, yeah, but like, well, I stopped watching at like six seasons, right? I stopped at like uh, I think I was on number eight. I never finished season eight. But here's my thing, right? Like in the Walking Dead, your multi season show, yeah, you're gonna get time to get to everybody and like do all sorts of stuff. But like when you're doing like a big movie, and it's like two and a half hours. And your cast is like what eight deep? How that's many? What, how many Eternals were there? Two, four, six. That's what I'm. T- that's what I'm saying. Like it would have benefited from being a show. You would have been able to flesh out your characters. We would have cared more. We would have known their names. We would have. We would have been more involved. And then boom, you would have had like we would have cared. And maybe at some point we would have even been like, I want to see the Eternal show up with some of the other Marvel characters. But right now I'm like, I don't care because I don't even care about them. Why would I care exactly. about them showing up with Spider-Man or something? Nope. Don't care. <laughs> yeah. Leave them Spider-Man, out. Spider-Man just wouldn't fit with these guys at all. It'd no. just be weird. <laughs> I could see maybe like uh, some of the characters maybe with Moon Knight because like Egyptian and they like they were like there when like the things the pyramids were built so there's like a connection there but like i couldn't see them with like professor hulk or she hulk i haven't watched miss marvel yet i don't know if maybe they would be cool with miss marvel i don't know Uh, i just don't see it yeah my my thing is it's like the way i thought moon knight was gonna be fleshed out i thought moon knight would be someone who could fight alongside daredevil and a more edgier spider-man as he's starting to get like more grown and they start fleshing out like another side of his story and like you know they could take some other characters from like the defenders too and like you know bring them back that'd be kind of cool and make a smaller like friendly neighborhood kind of team where it's not large-scale battles it's more saving the cities saving you know the country or something but nothing like intergalactic right and then yeah. they could have done that with some of the smaller characters like Moon Knight, Daredevil. If they ever decide to bring like the Defenders back with Punisher, Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, all of them, right? That they could do stuff like that, and it'd be pretty cool, right? That'd be pretty nice. But um, honestly, I don't know if they're gonna just scrap the rest of them because I haven't heard anything other than Daredevil coming back so far. But uh, but Spider Man though, been, right? There have been some uh, rumblings that Jessica Jones might be getting another season. Okay, okay. And uh, a lot of people have been asking, um, I forget what the actor's name who plays Luke Cage, but he's being kind of mysterious about it. So maybe they're going to make another season of Luke Cage as well. Please, and please. At that point, you know, that's there's only the Punisher and Iron Fist left. Uh, I would love to, I, please bring John Bernthal back as the Punisher, man. I just, yeah, man, he's good. He's, he's a good Punisher. He's fantastic. I love him. I like, I, and you know, I would have never guessed, like, I, I, even after watching The Walking Dead, I would have never been like, you know what, John Bernthal, he's, he's my Punisher. But after seeing him in Daredevil season two and then his two seasons of Punisher, He's like my Punisher. I love him. They could mm. go a little bit more hardcore. They were starting to get that way at the end of Punisher uh, season two, getting a little bit more hardcore Punisher. I, I just want to see more of that, which goes back to the I hope they go TVMA with Daredevil. But we we really need to we need to Move keep on. moving, 
move on. Oh, bye Eternals, bye Fantastic Four. See y'all later. Yeah, so um, uh, I'm gonna go ahead and stop sharing my screen for a second. Uh, oh, you're gonna stop showing me all the cool new stuff we want to talk about. Yeah, well, I'm gonna <laughs> go ahead and drop a picture because it's gonna look better if I show you in the Discord this picture. Because we're going to move on to Indiana Jones 5, releasing yeah, their first image. Yeah, 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 is it is it really 5? Hold on, because There's Indiana in the Jones. first movie, which is Raiders of the Lost Ark, and then there's the second movie, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. That's the one with Short Round. Uh, then the third movie, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, which is the one with his dad, played by Sean Connery. And then the fourth one was that one that came out in the mid 2000s with the alien. The Crystal Skull. Yeah, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Yeah, that was number four. Man, like I see that and I'm like, damn. Like I totally forgot. A lot of there was five of these. I I watched Crystal Skull, but I just didn't recognize. Oh, yeah, this is four in the series. Uh, A lot of people's headcanon is that that just never happened. (laughs) Because it wasn't. likes Crystal Skull, huh? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, a lot of people don't. And a lot of people are assuming that this movie is just going to, you know, pretend like it never happened, mm. uh, which it might. But have you seen this first image yet? Have you seen it at all? First image? Did you post it? No, no, not yet. I want to ask. I'm just asking if you've seen it before I, sh- I show you it. Oh, no, I haven't seen anything about Indiana Jones 5. When I saw it on the list, I was like, Indiana Jones 5. Wait, wait a minute. Yeah. Um, Indiana Jones I love Indiana Jones. It's been delayed like a few times since it was officially announced like a few years ago. Yeah. Uh, but it seems, to, I think they just said filming just ended or some, or it's about to end. Oh. So they're getting really close. But here's the first official image. That looks good. I love that hat, man. Dude, it is. It's so iconic. And you know, mm-hmm. some people, they po- all they did was post this. They didn't even say anything with the post. It was just this image. And then I, I, I immediately went, oh my gosh, Indiana Jones, that's amazing. But then mm-hmm. I went in the comments and I, I saw a bunch of people going like, I didn't know they were making a new Freddy Krueger movie. <laughs> and I'm like, what? When, uh-huh. did, when did, first of all, that's definitely Harrison Ford's nose sticking out right there. And also, why would Freddy Krueger be holding a flashlight and wearing a backpack? Yeah. That's funny, though. It is just funny. The, just the idea of Freddy Cougar going on these like big adventures, you know, and they got mm-hmm. the music playing. So for the people who are listening to the podcast, uh, if you haven't seen the image, it's Indiana Jones in like a cavern and it's pretty dark. But then like in the background, there's a bunch of light coming into the cavern and he's like on a, a wooden rope bridge and he's silhouetted with the light. And he's like almost to the end of the bridge. That's what we're I'm, seeing right now. I'm excited. I'm excited because Indiana Jones always felt like Star Wars, but like in modern day. And they took a lot of that, like, you know, political stuff out. And it was just like cool adventure, you know? Yeah, I really love Indiana Jones. I actually don't like Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. It's definitely my least favorite. I'm, I don't not like it, but I don't really like it usually if i'm like oh i need to go on a binge of the indiana jones movies i actually kind of sometimes think about should i just skip temple of the doom or temple of doom (laughs) short round is like the only thing that saves it for me because i really like him in the movie him and uh dr jones have jones dr jones uh (laughs) have a really good uh rapport 
But however, I might actually think of it more highly now after I just learned this fact. I'm I'm fact checking it right now. I I found out something pretty interesting that I never knew about Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. I found out that it's actually a prequel to the Raiders of the Lost Ark. What? Yeah, a prequel? I, yeah, I just I just fact checked. It is a prequel to uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Ooh. And how, how they don't convey that in the movie, and I've seen that movie countless of times, and how I just found out the like two weeks ago that this is a prequel. I just like how did that probably would have made every viewing better knowing that this was happening before Raiders of the Lost Ark because it always fell kind of short for me, especially at the ending with like him going like I understand now with like the Hindu god or whatever like the god was that they were worshiping, and yeah. I was like, what are you talking about? You just saw like the the Ark of the Covenant wipe out all of those Nazis at the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark. What do you mean you get it now? <laughs> I would be really confused if all of a sudden I'm like, oh, I just confirmed like the Christian God is real, but now like this Hindu God is also real. I would have been like super freaked out. Mm-hmm. So that that's interesting because honestly, it's been a hot minute since I've watched Indiana Jones and I wanted to like go rewatch it, especially after watching like a ton of other movies like the Jurassic Park series to get like back into that for the new Dominion movie. And it's just Indiana Jones is one of those movies that I've always had that like happy, like giddy feel. But I had no idea there was a chronological order thing like with Star Wars. Like, wait, hold on. Like, I should like look that up and like watch these in a certain order now. Like Raiders of the Lost Ark should come after. Yeah. Temple of Doom. um, So I looked it up now and it's according to George Lucas, uh, of course. He's, you know, he's the guy who made it. The guy. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, the the thinking behind it when they were first making temple of doom, they didn't want to use the Nazis again as a villain. So that's where it originally stemmed. Like we should make this a prequel. So we don't have to use the Nazis as the bad guys again. Gotcha. And then of course the Nazis were some of the bad guys in the last crusade. Mm -hmm. So if they hadn't made it a sequel, it would have been the Nazis for three movies. (laughs) <laughs> Which I mean, they're they're a good villain, so I mean, like, wouldn't have been that bad. Yeah, no one's gonna get mad at you if you shoot a Nazi, you know. But no, yeah, no one knowing now this fact, I do think I want to rewatch the movie, knowing that it's a prequel to all the other movies, uh, and see it from a new light, because maybe I'll like it a little bit more. Yeah, definitely, and that's scheduled for twenty twenty three. I'm seeing. Oh uh, Lord. Yeah, it's it's been it was announced like I think in like 2017 as well. It's been oh, in like Oh Lord. Yeah. I'm about it, to wait a while, man. I, I need that now. I need it now. <laughs> All right. And so there's there also may be some bad news too. No, no, no. What you got? What you so, got? So John Williams, famous super amazing composer of you know, Star Wars and Indiana oh. Jones and all of these oh. other amazing franchises he's been with. He oh. has confirmed that Indiana Jones 5 will be his final movie he's ever Oh, seen. no! No! 
what are we gonna do, man? And all these movies are gonna come out, and they're gonna have these trash like soundtracks. I it's just, gonna sound. It's gonna sound like someone's taking like their fingers to the chalkboard, and no one's gonna like these movies anymore. Oh no! What are we gonna do? What are we gonna do, man? Well, this is I, awful. On, <laughs> to go with how you're reacting, I just feel like Hans Zimmer's phone just started ringing off the hook because they're like, Hans Zimmer, Hans Zimmer, I need your help. <laughs> John Williams isn't gonna be a composer anymore. Well, then we also got the Michael Gian, uh, Giancino. I forgot how to pronounce his name. The guy who composed uh, the Batman. He's composed a bunch of different movies, too. And so okay. he's another good candidate. But like John Williams is like, in my mind, the guy for making iconic movie soundtracks. Mm-hmm, and hearing that mm-hmm. this is his last movie, this at least we get, you know, he's going out with a bang. Right, right. And, you know, there's also some potentially more bad news. Oh, don't tell me, man. So My he, heart can't take all this bad news. So, so this is from the interview where he, he said that this was going to be his last movie. When speaking about uh, Indiana Jones probably being his last final film score, John Williams let slip that it may also be Harrison Ford's last film appearance. Oh no! He is getting old. Like he is getting really old, and I sure hope they do him justice in this because they did not do him justice in Star Wars, man. He deserved way more in Star Wars. I do agree that, but uh, he hates Han Solo. Uh, he he did not care about that role at all. So it kind of killed him off. For, was fine with him. Yeah, it was fine with him, but you know he. He did a great... It's not like he phoned it in, as they say, when it came to The Force Awakens. He, like, I, don't he, think, I don't think he phoned it in. I just felt like they, they took what was already great and like a fully developed character, made him take a few steps back because they're like, oh, we gotta get that nostalgic Star Wars feeling, and then killed him, you know? So I'm like, oh, man. Like, they should just never brought him back. He should have just been a hero. You know, or like, you know, if they wanted to do like a cameo or something in the background. Yeah. But I, I just felt like for what they did, they just they hurt him like really bad. I, just, I I'm just I'm glad, glad that he didn't phone it in and he actually did an, a, a great performance in the movie. Like, I, I felt like he was there as Han Solo, like that one part where like he's like uh, Finn tells him, we'll just use the force. And he's like, that's not how the force works. <laughs> just like you're an idiot and then there, that part where he's like talking with ben solo like i could feel it like it was like a, a father-son thing going on there and he he did a great job with his cameo in rise of skywalker which i was super surprised about knowing how much he doesn't like or or even care for star wars i want to know how much those 10 minutes he was in cost disney to to have <laughs> yeah. him there they couldn't even get him to shave either like if you think if you like rewatch that scene, like pay attention to his facial hair. He didn't have any facial hair in uh, the Force Awakens, but he had facial hair in that scene, which means like he was like, "Hey, I'll do it for the paycheck, but I'm growing out my beard right now for something else, and you can't make me not do it." And they were just <laughs> like, "Okay, Mister Ford, whatever you say." But it's just like continuity-wise, it doesn't make sense for him to have any facial hair because how he's envisioning him is how he last saw his father 
and he didn't have facial hair then. Mm-hmm. And but we already know that you know it doesn't work when it comes to edit or CGIing out facial hair. Just see uh, Joss Whedon's Justice League. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say like I sure hope they didn't try that junk. You know oh, that yeah. never works out well. Well, what if they just like didn't put him in the movie and they just fully CG'd him in the movie without the facial hair? You know. They they've done that, I think, with other projects. I, I, I can't think of any off the top of my head, but oh, uh, Rise of Rise of Skywalker. Mm-hmm. I, they took like because uh, unfortunately, uh, Carrie Fisher died before they finished filming The Last Jedi. And so they just used what she had already filmed for that movie. But when it came to the next one, they used some CG and some deleted scenes that they had from last jedi and they've morphed them together to make her performance in rise of skywalker mm-hmm. and they had a completely cg leia obviously at the end of rogue one which was super awful they were not ready for that <laughs> yet along with grand moff tarkin who also looked terrible because mm. unfortunately like he was passed with, they probably could have done with uh, han solo just just for that one scene maybe but um <laughs> I'm glad, I'm glad he was there. I'm glad uh, Harrison Ford made that cameo, even if he got paid $15 million or something to be there. Do that 10 minute cut, you know? Yeah, they're like, we really need this for like Kylo Ren's story to talk to his dad and get like the nod, like, hey, I forgive you for killing me. You can be good again, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And I do want to make a, a podcast, uh, another episode about. Rise of Skywalker because they had origin they had a completely different script that where the trilogy ended completely differently and it had a completely different name too which was called uh Star Wars Duel of the Fates mm-hmm. and which is a, I'm pretty sure the 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 Phantom Menace dun, 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 that song I'm pretty sure that song is called Duel of the Fates so it was a nod to itself really but like the ending of ended with like uh, I think Kylo Ren was, or Ben Solo was still alive, maybe, and then Rey abandons, like, the Jedi way, and she becomes, like, a gray Jedi at the end of the movie, mm-hmm. uh, and it, it was gonna be a, a super completely different movie, and the head of Star Wars, uh, Kathleen Kennedy, I'm pretty sure that's the head of Star Wars, she was like, nah, I feel like we should go this route. Which, I mean, I still really enjoy Rise of Skywalker, just turning your brain off and enjoying a good Star Wars movie. But in, like, the grand scope of, like, the lore, I feel like maybe Duel of the Fates would have been a better movie. Yeah. That, I, I want to have yeah. a whole episode in the future where <laughs> we'll, we'll go over all the whole scripts. Well, that'll what be like a... Been. Yeah. But yeah, I, w- I want to go ahead and move on because we're we're actually I think we're hitting our two hour soft mark. Uh, this this one that you three asterisk it's it's not that uh it's not that huge, but you really wanted to talk about this and it's Dune Part Two getting delayed. Yeah, yeah. What's up with that? Because I was so excited because I was like, all right, this first movie was kind of ass, not gonna lie, but I knew it was like a big setup for like the next movie, right? So I'm hoping I was hoping that the second movie would be good. And then they delayed it, and I'm like, oh, great. Yeah, so now I feel like this time I invested into this movie that I didn't really like that much is just going to go to waste here. 
because now they're going to keep pushing and pushing and rewriting it because it's not good. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You didn't like the first Dune movie, bro? No, I didn't like the first Dune movie. You did? What? I saw opening day in IMAX with my wife and a couple of friends. Loved it. And then the next day, my wife and I watched it again on HBO Max. Oh, my God. So you loved it, loved it. Yeah, we I think I think for a visual spectacle looked great, right? But I think the politics was not entertaining like usual Star Wars. You know, it, it didn't feel like, you know, anything really cool was coming from their politics. Um, the visions that he was having of Zendaya was really annoying. I just <laughs> I didn't feel like it was really going anywhere with that. You know, I didn't feel like anything was building up uh, the fight scenes. The fight scenes were all right. You know, I was. I will. I know there's some stuff that happens later in the film that kind of like makes it better, and I don't want to like spoil or nothing, so I'm like hold that off on the side. But like, I, I think I don't know. it's been long enough you can spoil that movie. I think it's been out for. Well, like, no, it's it's not spoiling this movie. It's spoiling like later because it's book stuff. Oh yeah, so I also love that movie so much. I went and bought the book. I have I never finished the book. It's just I can't focus enough. But for what I did read. Like it's it's hard to read. There's just so much stuff. But that's because it's it's a lot of stuff to throw at you all at once. A lot of lore, but it's it's so good. And like all the visions that he's having are like possible futures uh, that could happen. Not necessarily everything that's going to happen, but he's he's seeing a bunch of different possible futures, and it it it's really important. I think they call him like the last messiah or something like that. Uh, but he's, he's destined for a lot of stuff. And I really liked the first movie. It turned me on to like the franchise and my friends and I who went and saw it, one of them, he had like, he has read all the books and he was really excited. And we both were like, I hope that, uh, part two gets announced because they were waiting to see how it did in the box office before they greenlit the movie. And when it did well, they were like, all right, cool. We'll do Doom Part Two, uh, and that's why I said this really isn't that big of news, because the movie was slated to come out in October 2023, so uh, next October, not this October, next October. But it's only been delayed a month. Oh, okay. So it's not like a huge delay or anything. No, like it's that. I, uh, if it's all, it just feels like a huge delay because I didn't know what the real time was, and it was something scheduled for a year from now. So. <laughs> but um i'm i just hope it's good right and i like really enjoy it and they bring more of like the the war aspects going on like that they were kind of building up from in the original one because i'm like yeah i want to see like i want to see this like huge political like fight happen but from like what i'm seeing here like i'm I'm not getting that in the first one i'm not seeing like a lot of build up in terms of like actual like um talking and stuff I'm, I'm getting it more from like kind of just like flashbacks and like oh this might happen not flashbacks but uh like foresight visions yeah and i'm, I'm like well but like i can't tell if this is stuff that's really gonna happen or if it might happen i don't know if and you it, would like uh you would like game of thrones <laughs> i know i didn't watch it. it that's not my thing you you i don't there's a lot of plotting and talking and then there's a kid who can like see like the past present and future and there's a lot of like Game of Thrones esque in this. Oh, so I might just not like this franchise as general because I 
I don't like Game of Thrones. I don't really watch much of it, but I just know that's not going to be something I'm going to enjoy. Maybe you <laughs> from what I have seen. But I the the next part or two because the director has said he he would prefer it to be a trilogy to tell the perfect story. But he it sounds like he can make it end in two. But I think he's going to make this movie feel like it's the second movie out of a trilogy, hoping to get a trilogy. But like mm-hmm. I wasn't the only person to think that it was good. It, it even took uh, 10 Academy Award nominations, and it, uh, including Best Picture, and it took home six of those. And they've added some, some new actors to the, the Doom Part 2. Uh, Florence Pugh, who played the sister of Black Widow in uh, the Black Widow movie. Yeah. And then she was also in Hawkeye as well. And then the guy... Have you seen the trailers for that Elvis movie? No. Oh, well, he's the guy who's playing Elvis in that new Elvis movie that came out this weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Christopher Walken is also coming to the movie. Christopher Walken, let's go. Yeah, so he's going to be in the next one. So yeah, I'm I'm really hyped for this. I'm glad it uh, it was only pushed back a month, which is really weird because on that same day it's coming out, it's coming out with that prequel Hunger Games movie. They have another Hunger Games movie coming out? Yeah, I totally forgot about that series. It's coming out as a prequel uh, to the other Hunger Games movies. It's called The Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, which I just okay. don't understand if they were delaying it, why they would put it on a weekend with another movie like that coming out the same weekend. I just hope it still does well in the box office with a we'll Hunger see. Games type movie. But we'll yeah, see, we'll see. We we got to move on. We we still got a few more things to talk about. Uh, I I wanted to watch the Batman and Superman battle the Super Sons. I want to know if you want to go into the uh the trailer park section of the podcast, or if you want to go ahead and knock the the elephant of the in the room out first. The the Ezra Miller shaped elephant in the room. Oh my God! I want to save that for last, man. So if you want to bring me to trailer park. All right. Yeah. So let let's go ahead and head over to the trailer park. All right, uh, now that we're here, uh, can you go on YouTube or you want to just watch my screen? Uh, throw your screen up. That's all right. And it, dude, I, I watched this trailer earlier. I was actually genuinely surprised at how much I enjoyed this trailer. Yo, it, it's, I love the animated movies, man. I've been watching a ton of them, a ton of them. And it's just like every time I'm watching them, I'm like, man, why are these in theaters, man? I watch these. I'd go, I like, watch these. They're good. And I, I watched, um, was it Superman Red Sun? Yeah, that's where, a good one. It was like a Russian. That's a good Superman. So I like that one, man. I that's still, a quality one. I still prefer the uh, graphic novel that it's based off of more for an animated adaption. Fantastic. Superman Red Sun. I loved mm. it. But of course, with a, a graphic novel, you get more, more time to delve more into things and they have to cut things out and change things to be different enough to to be like uh, a good enough reason to be like, yeah, we're making an animated movie now. Yeah. You, you had to change some things for the format, you know? Yeah. So like I, I can, ma- I understand why they had to make adjustments and changes. Uh, that kind of makes me want to see the graphic novel, but Oh man, it was, I really enjoyed it. It was just solid. It was right. a solid um, hour and a half long animated movie. And that, that's what they all are. They're just like, they're all like gangbangers. You know, they're, they're just super good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Freaking love them. All right, show me this trailer, man. All right. 
Oh, this is interesting. This is like Batman Ninja with the animation style. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> oh God. Dude. Yeah, yeah, that, that looks solid. It looks Oops. like a nice little film. Uh, again, to see Damien and what, what's Superman's son's name? Jonathan. Jonathan. Okay, yeah. Seeing them team up and fight the Justice League and save the world from, was it Starro, right? Yep. Uh, Starro the Destroyer. Starro the Destroyer, yeah. He's getting a lot of shine recently. You know, he was in Suicide Squad too. Yeah, and you know, I was really hoping he would because he's actually the first villain that the Justice League ever fought in comic books. Like, when the Justice League formed as a team for the first time, he was the first villain. Mm. And uh, I feel like, I can't remember, uh, it, was a, it was a Justice League episode. No, no, no. It was a Batman Beyond episode. That's what it was. And it was of the Justice League of the future, and Starro was the villain. And I remember that being, like, the thing that really made me love Starro a lot was... Because the whole episode, uh, you didn't know uh, that Superman was plot twist being controlled by Starro the whole time. And like, oh, geez. Yeah, and Starro's trying to get Batman into the Justice League. Uh, but then you find out like all of the Justice League are getting taken over by more Starros. And mm. then it's just like Batman versus, the super- versus Superman and like the rest of the Justice League. And he's got to stop... Starro, and it was like a really good episode of Batman Beyond, and oh, that man. was the, the thing that really turned me on to uh, Starro. So I'm glad that was Batman Beyond. Yeah, that was Batman Beyond. Oh man, I gotta go watch that now, dude. It's so good, and um, there. I'm glad that that's the thing that happened in this movie because I don't want to just see a movie where it's like Batman and Superman fighting uh, their children essentially because you <laughs> you know they would totally punk their kids right right but at least Destroy in, them. yeah at least in this movie with starro it's even though they're controlling super starro's controlling superman and batman it's not like he knows how to use everything that superman and batman have he's just using the muscle memory probably that batman has of uh all the fighting and then you know he knows what power superman has so he can use those but yeah. like uh, if it was just like, oh, we are, we're not agreeing with our parents or something. We just need to fight them kind of thing. You know, Batman and Superman would just like slap around Damien and Jonathan, like sit down and listen yeah, to what it, we got to say. <laughs> I was about to say like, ain't no way, ain't no way Superman and Batman got loose to some kids, yeah. some snot-nosed kids. <laughs> at, at least in this, it kind of gives the kids a fighting chance because it's like they're not fighting really Batman and Superman. They're fighting Starro, really. Mm. Uh, and I really I read a few issues of the Rebirth Super Sons issues, and they were actually pretty good. Like I was like, that's why I only read a few of them. I just bought a couple of them because, you know, the covers look pretty cool uh, and have like <laughs> Damien and jonathan and like superman and batman on it and i was like these look cool and i tr- actually read them i was like hey th- you know these are actually pretty decent maybe they'll make like a animated movie or something someday and it looks really good i like the animation style too it's not just it's not 2d but it's not th- it doesn't i mean it does go with a little with the 3d but there are times where it looks 2d as well yeah i, I feel like um because there's the early 2010s 
version of DC animated movies where it's like all like 2D, like sharp lines, you know, everyone kind of looks similar, but like it looks decent kind of feel. Yeah, I, I feel like that's better art style for like their more well-known comic adaptations to animated films. Mm-hmm. But for like stuff like this, the CG stuff works fine. And like for Batman Ninja, where it's like, all right, we're, we're taking like a huge like swing to the left field here. Like this is gonna be like completely different. Yeah. Yeah, I think it works. I think it works and it'll it'll do just fine for the storytelling. But for the more, you know, like core stuff, I, I definitely want to see it in that 2D art style. Like it just feels better that way, you know? Yeah, I think that might be a reason why they're doing it like this because it might be detached from like their animated movie universe that they have. And mm. that's probably how they'll do it. It's like when it's that art style, the normal art style, it's like this is the canon. Right. This is in canon. But when it yeah. comes to like uh, other movies, they're like, hey, you can have creative freedom with the art style. That way it'll show that it's not canon. There was a, a movie, a Batman animated movie called Batman Gotham Night. I'm pretty sure I think it came out in like 2007 or something. And mm-hmm. it was like. I'm pretty sure I don't remember what how it was being told, but it was like I think it was a bunch of different kids or something. We're telling a story of how they witnessed Batman doing something or a story they heard about Batman. And each story they told about Batman in this movie was in a completely different art style. Like one of them was an anime art style and one of them was like in a dip, like a normal art style. And then at mm-hmm. the end, you actually see the real Batman. And it was a pretty hardcore like it was a it was a PG-13 movie for sure. It wasn't just like a kid's movie. I was like, man, this is pretty dark and it's pretty uh creepy looking art style in some of these mm. so I, i'm glad they give creative freedom just like with the 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 next spider-man into the across the spider-verse movie how every universe they go to in that movie is going to have a different art style yeah yeah i i actually oh, i'm excited for that man i totally forgot that was coming out i'm so excited for that yeah and that was another thing that happened i think in the lull time that movie got delayed wait what yeah (laughs) yeah spider-man across the spider-verse was supposed to come out in october but it's been delayed oh hold on hold on sorry i had to stand up in my chair when you said that across (laughs) well well, you don't need to look it up you're you're just gonna make yourself upset man don't do it well let me let me look at this real quick brett all right june's oh no No! Why? Why do they keep doing this to me, man? Why they can't keep they can't keep getting away with this? <laughs> this isn't right. No. Oh my god, June 2nd, 2023? Yeah, and that's only part one. <laughs> Part one, bro. What the hell? Why they do this? Oh man. Oh. I have I have one theory as to why they pushed it so far back. So they the the title originally was Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse Part One. They've dropped the part one, but I think that's just uh, a personal choice to kind of give the the film more two feet because there's a there's a stigma that goes into movies that are just called part one right like oh yeah. this is going to be all the crap 
and then the next movie is where everything the cool stuff is going to be so that's that's why right, i think right. they dropped the part one is to get rid of the stigma but also i think they've pushed it that far back hopefully because part two will be shortly behind it maybe within the, the year kind of like with oh. back to the future part two and three they filmed those movies back to back so those movies came out within a year of each other uh okay and like with uh um the uh the lord of the rings movies they filmed those movies back to back and those movies quickly came out even though those movies were like four hours long altogether <laughs> uh each yeah uh, they they filmed those back to back and that's how they got those movies out so i'm hoping that's why they pushed it back so far out because they were like it's gonna we're estimating part two is gonna come out at this point and they're like well let's push back part one so they come out pretty close to each other so we're not waiting forever for each of these movies i i guess so man oh my heart's just burning right now i didn't i just that that for me was like the best spider-man movie oh dude it's a masterpiece it's a masterpiece, man. It's one of those, like, my girl, like, she'll just, like, every once in a while just be like, you know what? I'll be like watching the Spider-Verse movie again, you know? She pops it on. She starts watching it over and over and over again. I love that it's, like, a comic book, and he... Oh, yeah. I love, like, like the dumb... Because, like, Miles, he's so funny, dude. Like, he, like, looks down, and he's like, hey, I think my pants shrank. And he's like... I think I hit puberty and like the dude, like his roommate, just like, uh, <laughs> and then my, one of my favorite parts is he's walking down the, the hallway after like, he does the thing with Gwen, like he gets his hand stuck in her hair and like has her hair cut. And then he's yeah, walking yeah. down the aisle and everyone's looking. He's like, yeah, nobody knows. Nobody knows. And <laughs> he's looking and she's looking and he's like, everyone knows and it's just <laughs> in big letters behind them and i'm just like that's awesome dude yeah the the art style and the way they did miles because it's like they wanted to do a twist on spider-man make him a little bit more funny like not as serious as like your average ordinary peter parker right and they did a great job you know they, they did they, they knocked it out of the park for sure and it's it's just a shame because it's like i wish this i wish there was more of this you know I wish I wish we could get like an into the Spider Verse like TV show, and I can watch like six seasons of that junk because yeah. that's good. Yeah, that's good, good. And no, no, I gotta, I gotta wait like you know multiple years mm-hmm. for part one and part two. Yeah, and then cry myself to sleep as they get delayed because they gotta be masterpieces, and they will. <laughs> and I know they're gonna be so good, but I gotta wait. Then I gotta wait some more. Mm-hmm. Then I gotta wait some more. And then meanwhile, they're pumping out all these lame ass Marvel like TV shows or six episodes. Oh, and, and you I'm know, just... uh, one of the things I really like about that movie, it doesn't feel like they're pandering to a specific audience because you know everyone wanted a Black Spider-Man to be put on film, even though it's not technically on film as it were it was still a a theatrical release we got to see a black spider-man but it didn't feel like they were pandering it felt like they were it honestly felt like they were like there's a great story here with this good character that we have let's make this movie not just because like oh man you know we really just need to like pander to a certain audience it was like we had miles morales is genuinely a good character let's make a great movie to show how great of a character he is. And I really appreciated that. Yeah, it, it's really well done. 
unlike the uh, Miles Morales Thor that we now have, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> by, Odin, by Odin's fade, you know? And then Asgard turns into the hood. You know, it's it's nice. It's nice on its own like level. It didn't it didn't change everything around it. So it's like, yeah, we we made this because we're pandering to the black people. Blackity blackity black black black. You know. Yeah, and so it's it not written good. all in rhyme too. Hey. <laughs> Doctor Sue's got this one, but it was crazy. <laughs> yeah, this is what people are into, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, yeah, speaking of Spider-Man, right before we get into the Ezra Miller-shaped elephant in the room, uh, we didn't talk about uh, Morbius being re-released. Morbius, yeah! I, I just want to, because it's just so funny, the fact that, because we filmed our first ep- first two episodes, the second one, which should never be seen, uh, we filmed that opening weekend, we just did not realize the scope of how bad the movie was going to be in everyone's eyes. But then the memes, they went out of control. It's morbid time, time to get morbed. And then like all these fake YouTube videos of like fake audience reactions to like fake parts of the movie that never happened where like they're meeting like Captain America or something. And then he's like, time to get morbed. And like the audience is like, yeah, (laughs) yeah. And it's like all of that. Sony was like, wow, look at the reaction our movie is having. You know what we should do? And they, they're like, what, Phil? What should we do? And they're like, well, Jimmy, I think we should... Now, be, stay with me here. We should re-release the movie in theaters. Yeah. And they're like, Phil, I, I, just, I just don't know if that's a good idea. And they're like, Jimmy, Trust me. please, just look at the reaction. Everyone's making all these memes and videos. They love it. They love Jared <laughs> yeah. Leto as Morbius. They love this movie. Let's put it back out in theaters. The movie only made like $75,000 or something when it came back in the movies. Here, let me look up. Morbius re-release box office. Yep. And I'm not the first person to type it in. Oh, it made $300,000 in the 1,000 theaters that they put it in. Uh, So that means it averaged uh thirty dollars uh a theater over that all weekend. Right. All right, Mr. Crab. <laughs> well they 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 lowered the prices of the tickets for the re-release and I remember getting uh a call from one of my friends and he was like oh man you gotta come out of here man yeah yeah they're re-releasing Morbius man we gotta go it's Morbid time it's Morbid time it's and Morbid I never saw time. I never saw the movie when it first came out, so I was just like, oh, maybe I'll go see it, even though it was trash. Like, you know, we can at least make some good jokes off of it. And then I get a call back like an hour later. He's like, plans are canceled. I just saw the trailer. That movie's trash. I'm not paying for your ticket no more, man. Plans are canceled. <laughs> even with the, the memes, because he was obviously going, it's Morbin time. The, yeah, the yeah, memes yeah. did not save it. He was like, never mind. That film's obviously going to be trash. It's like that film's trash and I'm not paying for everyone's tickets to go see it because he was going to pay like $30 for everyone to go see it. It was going to be like five bucks each of us, right? Oh man, they would have gotten another $30. I know! It was going to be amazing, man. I would have been like, yep, we contributed. But no, because he looked at the trailer, he was like, nah, bro, this ain't it. And I was like, come on, come on. The, come, more of a time. He's like, no, man, I'm not paying. I'm like, oh <laughs> boy, oh boy. I, it was a travesty, man. We were going to go morb all over the place. It was going to be great. Oh, you were going to go morb all over the place? Yeah, I You're... was going to morb in the bed, 
Morb in the kitchen. No, no. Don't say it like that. Don't say it like that. in the kitchen. No. Morbid on the front line. No. Morbid in the theater. You can get arrested for doing something like that. Hey, man, if I'm more hard enough, who's going to stop me? Who's going to stop me? I don't know. And then you, I can just imagine the radio call from the police. It's like, yeah, we have a problem over at the, uh, the movie theaters. Oh, yeah. What's the problem? He's morbing. And then everyone just shuts off the radio like I ain't, I ain't handling it. I ain't getting morbed today. <laughs> oh, hell no. Ain't going to catch me getting morbed. <laughs> Not on my best day. Nope. <laughs> I, I'm one day away from retirement. I am yeah. definitely not getting morbed on today. I'm not getting morbed on my last day on the job. No <laughs> way. Shoot. That's what I would say. All right. All right. Push me in. It's time. The elephant in the room. I see him. He's staring at me. He's giving me that He's look. He's staring at you? Okay. He's giving me that look. We got to talk about it. Please, all right. please, 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 please tell me. All right. First of all, I have to. I have to say... I don't know if you know this. I didn't know this until recently. Uh, Ezra Miller's preferred pronouns are they and them. So out of respect for the community that they are in, I'm going to refer to them as they and them, which is going to be, might be confusing. I'm not talking about multiple people. I'm, t- I'm talking about them, which is they. So... I'm just putting it out there so it doesn't seem confusing later. Got it? All right. Tell me, tell me about Ezra Miller. All right. So I'm going to tell you about them, which uh, I on the vulture.com, they have like a complete rundown of like their life uh, and what they have done. Uh, and it gets to like they, they literally everything that they've done. And then it finally gets to like some shady stuff. Uh, here's one thing that they did back in 2017 that at first, you know, cause all these things happen between, uh, you know, over the years and no one thinks much of it until the big things come around and people start looking back and they're like, maybe that was a little weird, you know, so <laughs> okay. this is, yeah, yeah. this is something that happened in July 23rd, 2017, uh, at San Diego comic-con, someone was asking him flash questions. And uh, a fan jokingly asked them to smell their breath because uh, they were talking about not the Flash couldn't get drunk because of the his metabolism is too fast, so he would just burn it off immediately. And so gotcha. uh, Ezra Miller responds by kissing the fan on the mouth without, <laughs> without consent. Whoa! You know? yeah, 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 yeah. But, you know, at first, you know, it's like, oh, the Flash kissed me. That's great. But, you know, after all the crazy stuff comes out, it's like, Ezra uh, Miller kissed me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then just a bunch of different random things about how he was gibberish and obviously a little drunk or whatever at certain things. Uh, November 7th, 2018, they discussed their gender and alleged experience where they endured sexual harassment. And this is they being quoted. Queer just means no, I don't do that. I don't identify as a man. I don't identify as a woman. I barely identify as a human. And then he's talking about how when he was a kid, a director and a producer offer exchange certain favors for a movie role while they were underage. 
What? And he says, they gave me wine and I was underaged. They were like, hey, you want to be in our movie about gay, the gay revolution? And I was like, no, you guys are monsters. So he's, he's talking about that. And then he like posed for Playboy, talking about gender, sexuality, art, and the Me Too movement in November 15th, 2018. But then this is where the shady stuff starts to kick in. It's uh, This is April 1st, 2020, another April Fool's joke that keeps on giving. <laughs> yeah, uh, in a since-deleted tweet, a disturbing video alleges to show Ezra Miller choking a woman and throwing her to the ground. And I, I, this, this is Icelandic, so uh, forgive me if I'm pronouncing this stuff wrong. Prickio Kafius, a bar in Reykjavik? Uh, Iceland. Uh, Variety confirmed that the altercation took place at the Trendy Bar and employees identify Miller in the video who they escort from the premises. The seven-second clip makes it ra- made its rounds on April 6th following and shows a person showing, oh, you want to fight? That's what you want to do? To a woman in the bar. She appears to be jokingly readying herself for a fight. The person identified as Miller then grabs the woman by the throat and throws her to the ground. Whoa, bro, says the person filming the incident. Uh, a source at the bar tells Variety that the situation began after pushy fans confront Miller until Miller physically attacked the woman. So in this situation, he was apparently getting harassed by fans, as it's put, and he was just getting really upset, and he was also at a bar, so he was probably drunk. Oh. Uh. Uh, so January 28th, 2022, in a since-deleted video posted to their Instagram account, Miller tells members of a North Carolina chapter of the KKK to kill themselves with their own guns, or else <laughs> we'll do it for you if that's what you want. Which, I mean, the KKK are terrible people. Right, right. But, I mean, you know. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, so, moving on, March 4th, 2022... Asking for it premieres. The revenge film tackles sexual assault and co-stars Ezra Miller. An April 20th director, Eamon O'Rourke, allegedly punches a trans comedian, Freud, twice in the head. I don't know exactly what that has to do with everything. Maybe it's because the film's tackling sexual assault and maybe he should have known better for some of this stuff. Maybe that's what they're implying here. But this is just another needle in the haystack, I guess. Mm-hmm. March 27th, 2022. So I think this is the same day that the Os- the Oscars happened. Yeah. And that's the same day that the, remember we talked about in the last episode uh, that they won this, the award at the Oscars for the flash scene in Zack Snyder's Justice League. Right, right. So Miller is arrested in Hawaii and charged with disorderly conduct and harassment following a physical confrontation with patrons at a karaoke bar and oh a public Lord. yeah in a public statement from the Hawaii Police Department uh police alleged that Miller became agitated while patrons began singing a karaoke rendition of Shallow from A Star Is Born that's that movie with Lady Gaga we were talking about before okay uh, that's funny coincidence yeah <laughs> funny coincidence uh, they began yelling obscenities at the patrons and grabbed a microphone from a woman singing karaoke and later lunged at a man playing darts, according to the police. The bar the owner hell? Yeah, the bar owner asked Miller to calm down several times to no avail. 
Uh, Miller's $500 bail was paid by a, a couple they live with at a hostel. Uh, per TMZ, a video circulated of weeks earlier confrontation with police in Hawaii. So apparently he was in another confrontation with police weeks prior to this, also in Hawaii. Jesus, man. So he's just he's just on our they they are just on a um a tirade. Yeah. Just consistently getting drunk, getting into like situations where they are fighting people. <laughs> yeah. Being and- being like like under the influence so they can't really act right. And just acting out completely, you know? Yeah. And this this is crazy to hear. This is going back from like 2017. You know, just making like rash decisions and doing all this sort of stuff to like, you know, you know, kiss fans and yeah. like it's just strange behavior. There could have been more stuff prior to 2017, because this timeline of events goes way back. But I only started from there because that's when me and probably a bunch of other people started following him was gotcha. when he got uh, announced as the Flash uh, for Justice League and all that, which I did see some stuff around the suicide, the first Suicide Squad movie time, but uh, I didn't want to go back that far. So when he said the suicide, I was like, "Well, the suicide, they- yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, who no, killed no. themselves? Oh no, no, yeah, no. No, 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 okay, 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 okay." And then this is March 29th, twenty twenty-two, so two days after. He he lunged at a man and yelled the microphone or yanked the microphone away from her. He choked the woman out in uh, Iceland. A different one. Yeah, Iceland. Uh, Okay, so the couple who lived with Miller at the hostel file a restraining order against the actor. So they just bailed him out two days ago. Yeah. (laughs) Now they file a restraining order against them. In documents obtained by Radar Online, the couple asked the court to order Miller to not contact them in any form and to stay away from their home and places of work. Following the incident at the karaoke bar, the couple claims that Miller returned home and threatened the couple, saying, I will bury you and your slut wife. Whoa! Whoa! This doesn't sound like the Flash talking, if I ever heard it. No, this is definitely the Flash, man. This, this, woo. This is that rated R Zack Snyder Flash. But like, so here's the thing, right, Brett? Like, you know, you're just chilling, you're minding your own business, and you look over, and it's like, bam, it hits you, right? That's the Flash. And like, what, what I'm seeing here, this, like, this bombardment of crazy information, and like how quickly it's hitting me. No, this has to be the Flash. This has to be the Flash. Mm. Yeah, I guess. I guess you're right. <laughs> like this is this is the most like flashy you could ever be. The bombardment of like information that I'm getting right now on how crazy a situation of how like oh my no, this is the flash man. This 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 is flashpoint. You know? Oh, this is the flashpoint. Oh, okay. This is flashpoint. Never... This has to be like this must be a big like buildup to flashpoint and like we're we're about to hit it. I bet you, know? you they are probably hoping a flashpoint happens to fix all this. <laughs> yeah. uh, the petition alleges that Miller stole the wife's passport and the husband's wallet, which contains the... his credit, his credit cards, social security card, and driver's license. It's unclear whether whether the items were returned. A judge grants the couple the restraining order the following day, 
the order is dropped in mid-April. So I, I don't know if it was like just a temporary restraining order or if it was like uh, the couple were just like, you know what, we've made up with Ezra and we're dropping the restraining order now. Nah, I feel like there was some blackmailing involved, you know? Maybe. Uh, drop the restraining order or else. <laughs> uh, April 6, 2022. Sources tell Rolling Stone that Warner Bros. and DC executives held an emergency impromptu meeting to discuss Miller's recent controversies and their future with the studio. According to a knowledgeable source, the consensus in the room was to hit pause on any future projects involving Miller, including possible appearances in the DCEU and probably like if he was going to make a cameo in the next Fantastic Beast movie, if they were going to, you know, do one. Mm -hmm. But things were ending. Uh, did you see the re the most recent Fantastic Beast movie? I saw it on HBO Max, but I wasn't really paying too much attention to okay. it. It was it was decent, yeah. But like I don't know, I, it didn't hold my attention. Well, um, spoilers for the audience um, for the secrets of Dumbledore. At the end, Ezra Miller's character is dying. Like he has this thing inside him that it's been inside him his whole life. That that's like where his character's been. He's had this power inside of him, and uh, it's killing him. Like he's like practically on his deathbed like at the eating end of the, him alive. yeah it's eating him alive essentially so uh maybe they'll just like kill him off in between movies like yep he died yeah I, that honestly is probably the best thing to do <laughs> yeah that's even if that they continue that franchise uh which three, i think is good yeah I, honestly like after talking about dumbledore and everything at the end there i think that's a solid spot to end it if they want to go for more they always could but like i don't know like how much more like behind the scenes Harry Potter stuff do you really want to talk about? You know, as much as Warner Brothers gets money for it. Oh God, yeah. So that's, right. that's the real case there. This is April nineteenth, twenty twenty two. Uh, three weeks after their March arrest, the actor was again taken into custody in Hawaii for allegedly throwing a chair, which hit a woman at a private party, leaving the twenty six year old woman with a half inch cut on her forehead. Damn. In a public statement from Hawaii police, authorities say that Miller was arrested around 1.30 a.m. during a traffic stop and released from custody at around 4 a.m. pending further investigation. <laughs> and I think I saw... I think I saw a video on, like, YouTube or something, and it was after either the first incident in Hawaii or it was this incident. And it was just him chilling, having a good time, like, the day after he was arrested. Like nothing had ever happened. He's Excuse me. The, they they are playing GTA right now. That's what's going on right here. Yeah, this is just one big game of GTA. Like he's going to jail. He's paying his bail, losing all the weapons, and he's going right back into like he's just breaking into a car kind of deal and just starting the whole thing all over again. That's what he's doing. This is May sixteenth, twenty twenty two. So they they've got the they've gone almost a month without doing anything at this point. <laughs> But they didn't, they just barely missed the month mark. Uh, music producer, <laughs> I'm, this is either Olivier, Oliver Ignatius or it's Olivier Ignatius, I'm not sure. And rapper Gay Guerva, Guerva, Guevara, that's what it is, Guevara, claimed that Miller stole the music they worked on and posted on social media without credits. Ignatius <laughs> and Miller met up in both the Northeast and Hawaii to collaborate on new music 
Weeks before their first arrest in Hawaii, Ignatius plans to file a court order for Miller to take the music down. The link to the songs are no longer featured on Miller's Instagram bio. All right, stealing music. Okay. That's a yeah. That's, that's not as bad as the rest of this. Like the rest of this has been crazy, but like okay. So what what else we got? June eighth, twenty twenty two. The parents of eighteen year old activist Gibson Iron Eyes, who is non binary. Uh, accuse Miller of grooming their child. What? This is the this is the big stuff that I've heard about. In court documents obtained by TMZ from the Standing Rock Sioux Tribal Court, Gibson's parents, attorney and activist Chase Iron Eyes, and pediatrician Sarah Jumping Eagle seek intervention from uh, the court, alleging that Miller has been involved with their child since they were twelve. Oh my judge, god signed the request for a protective order which says Miller cannot contact the child, Sarah, or Chase, or be within 100 yards of their resident. Jeez. Gibson and Miller met while they were both protesting for the Land Back re- uh, Reclamation Movement in Standing Rock in 2016. According to court documents, Miller allegedly flew Gibson to London in 2017 to visit the set of Fantastic Beasts. Gibson was 14 at the time, and Ezra was 25. Their parents (laughs) allege Miller tried to sleep in the same bed as Gibson and provided Gibson with alcohol, marijuana, and LSD. Oh my god, what are you doing? The parents go on to accuse the actor of influencing Gibson in their decision to drop out of their private school in Massachusetts in December 2021. Miller offered to pay their tuition when Gibson was 16, and their parents believed this created a sense of indebtedness. They add that when they flew to Vermont in January to check on Gibson, their child had bruises on their body and was not in possession of their own driver's license, car keys, or bank card. Since then, Gibson and Ezra have been traveling together, Gibson's parents claim. They were spotted in Hawaii together in a video per TMZ. Ezra uses violence, intimidation, threat of violence, fear, paranoia, delusions, and drugs to hold sway over a young adolescent Dakota. Court documents allege. A hearing is scheduled for July 12th. Gibson issued a statement on Instagram on June 6th in which they accused their parents of being transphobic and denied the allegations. I dropped out of Bard five months ago. My friend and comrade William passed shortly thereafter. My mind was incredibly impacted, and I needed space and time for the processing of grief, reads their statement. My comrade, Ezra Miller, for the entirety of the aforementioned era, has only provided loving support and invaluable protection throughout this period of loss. My father and his allegations hold no weight and are frankly transphobic, and based in the notion that I am somehow incapable of coherent thought or opposing opinions to those of my own kindred worrying about my well-being. I am now aware of the severity of emotional and psychological manipulation I was made to endure while my parents were in my home. The previous day, Gibson had posted a video on Instagram of them and Miller smoking cigarettes. So, to digest what happened here, it's. There was a lot of hanging out between Ezra and this young Gibson over the years, but then as 
Gibson became of age, they start like traveling around together and the parents were making a bunch of allegations, which Gibson uh, has said that that none of it was true and their uh, their parents were being transphobic and were just uh, connecting dots, essentially, that weren't meant to be connected. And they were like, nah, we're cool. Ezra and I are tight, which I think we have learned after the Amber Heard and Johnny Depp trial, we shouldn't take everything at face value because people could be lying. Like Amber Heard was definitely lying against Johnny Depp. Uh, Gibson's parents could be lying about Ezra Miller. But based off of their track record so far, Ezra Miller doesn't seem to be like a completely uh, okay person to be around. So maybe their words hold actually some weight when it comes to the allegations about Gibson. But Gibson has said, like, nah, none of this is true. We're tight. And then, like, the day after, just posting a video of them uh, on Instagram together, smoking cigarettes, having a good time. Uh, But uh, let's continue going. See what else is in store for us. Oh, my God, there's more. Because I know there's more. There's more. Gibson, this is June 9th, 2022. So this is the day after the... Gibson was like, nah, none of that's happening. Gibson's parents say that Miller and Gibson remain on the run while the court has not been able to locate or serve the actor uh, because their whereabouts are unknown. Gibson releases a video statement on Instagram saying that nobody is controlling my Instagram account and expresses disappointment in the press coverage. It's really distressing that the narrative of the victim in question is not being granted any trust. I worked really hard to make really clear what was going on. If the statements are too profoundly contrasting to whatever assumptions those of us have garnered and have chosen to carry, I'd like to say that it's nobody's business and nobody's owed a story or an outcome. (sighs) Yep. (laughs) And then, so, June 15th, 2022 uh miller appears to have deleted their instagram uh after posting memes to their story that may have been alluding to authorities inability to find them i am this is a quote i am shielded from negative people and their ill intent my spirit mind body soul and success are not altered by anyone's envy i am protected from all negative nrg people Attempted to throw at me, subconsciously and consciously. I clear any and all hidden peers who are hidden enemy. I'm I'm confused on what's going on here. So like they're on the run. Yeah. While they're on the run, like Ezra's not saying anything, but um was it Tokata is saying like a ton of stuff on Instagram saying like I'm fine, it's okay, I'm fine, it's okay, right? But like previous to this, like uh, is it also they them for Tokata? Yeah, yeah. and I I'm confused because I thought their their name was Gibson Iron Eyes. No, wait, wait. Because it said the parents of Tokata, right? So was Gibson Iron Eyes the parent, one of the parents? Gibson's parents say that Miller and Gibson remain on the run. Wait, who? Wait, so who's Tokata? Is Tokata just like a a name? For Gibson? I'm guessing so. 
like a um like a follow name well not follow name what's the word like a handle a pseudonym okay okay so but gibson right yeah. gibson over here is talking like the whole time but before that like they weren't allowed to have anything like with them like their identification like so like the only thing they had was their phone but that that was that was an allege that was that was what the parents allegedly were yeah oh okay okay i was about to say i'm like so wait so they weren't allowed to use anything and then all of a sudden they're like on social media just saying a bunch of stuff i'm like that makes it really suspicious you know but that that's claims claims yes okay. they're, they're, these are a lot of this is claims but also Miller is refusing to like meet up with the law to get served the papers. Uh, and that's, that, yeah. That's the fishiest part. Cause yeah, they won't, yeah. they won't go over there and just talk it out. Right. Like they won't stand up for themselves. Cause they, they know they're probably wrong in this case scenario. You know, it's, it's only getting worse for them too. And uh, they're going to get their comeuppance if it doesn't Eventually. turn the tide, but let's keep going. Yeah, so we're on June 16th now, right? Yeah, so June 15th, just to go back over it, he, uh, Miller, uh, they posted some stuff pretty much joking like, they won't catch me, and they deleted their Instagram. So June 16th, the Daily Beast publishes a report speaking with an alleged victim of Miller's, a 12-year-old non-binary child, there's a pattern here, <laughs> who alleges that they were targeted by Miller. On Wednesday, June 15th, the child and their mother were granted a temporary harassment prevention order against Miller, claiming that the actor menaced the family on the evening of February 2nd at their neighbor's downstairs apartment and acted inappropriately toward the child. The case was filed at their local courthouse in Greenfield, Massachusetts. Miller came into contact with the family due to their connection with the family's neighbor, who was a band excuse me, who was in a band with Miller's friend, Whitney Stutter. Uh, this is a quote. Miller was wearing a bulletproof vest, and I had no idea until later that they were armed, the oh neighbor God. told the Daily Beast. <laughs> again, the, these, are, these are allegations, again, based off of facts. So the fact was that a temporary harassment prevention order was put out by this family. And then the, the allegations are the, the neighbor was saying that he was armed and wearing a bulletproof vest. Okay. According to the neighbor, the evening went sideways after the mother called her friends her tribe, causing Miller, whom they believed to be under the influence, to accuse her of cultural appropriation. Following the snafu, Miller claimed that the board game Parcheesi was of Rastafarian roots which the half-black neighbor questioned. Ezra snapped after this interaction, the neighbor alleges. Then they opened up their jacket. They had, like, this, like, big Sherpa jacket, and they opened up one side of their jacket, and you could see a gun. And they said, talking like that could get you in a really serious situation, the neighbor tells <laughs> the Daily Beast. What the hell's going on here? I know this is all, like, oh... The neighbor said this, right? But I'm like, why would the neighbor make such a convoluted story? I don't know. <laughs> so I'm guessing he was also alluding to the fact that Miller was being a little racist because the neighbor was half black. Yeah. And he was mentioning the fact that Parcheesi has Rastafarian roots. 
So he was probably like, what What does that mean? Like you're probably alluding to the fact that it was kind of racist of him to say that. Mm-hmm. And then uh, he like w- shows like he has a gun. And he's like, hey, saying stuff like that gets you in a lot of trouble. <laughs> Again, more allegations, but who knows? Maybe they're true. It, it's just getting worse and worse for like, it could be probably true for how crazy this guy. Mm-hmm. After this altercation, Miller allegedly began to harass the mother and the then 11-year-old child, telling the parents that they were well-equipped to mentor the child. Quote, I've talked extensively with your child, and they have a lot of power to them. At one point, you're going to realize that you don't have any control over them anymore. They're an elevated being, and they would be lucky to have someone like me guide them, Miller said. According to the neighbor, mother, and child, uh, Miller said according to the neighbor, mother, and child. So that's three different people that are saying that he said this. Mm-hmm. Or excuse me, they said this. The trio, the trio claimed that Miller additionally asked the mother if she would like to drink their blood because she dresses in a goth style. Well, that's just rude. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're goth. Do you want to drink my blood? <laughs> Hey, man, can I drink your blood? Yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, The child accuses Miller of uncomfortably moving their chair closer to them, hugging them, and touching their hips. Mm. The child also alleges that Miller asked them to follow them on Instagram and told the child that they would purchase horses for them to raise on their Vermont farm. Mm. Quote, It was really uncomfortable. I was really nervous. I was scared to be around them after... He'd held at my mother and she was crying. The child remembers. According to the report by the Daily Beast, Miller returned to the home dressed as a cowboy on June 4th to apologize. What the hell? Yeah, and then, of course, uh, 11 days later is when the harassment, the temporary harassment prevention order went against him. So I'm guessing the apology didn't go well. No, it did not. Uh, Absolutely not. Yeah. Came, came strapped to the teeth, apparently, right? Yeah. He's just like, all right, I guess we got to do this the hard way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this gun ain't for show on my hip there, little boy. <laughs> uh, excuse me, the kid was non-binary, so little, little kid. June 23rd, 2022. A Rolling Stone investigation revealed that a 25-year-old woman and her three children ages one to five, this is the crazy thing that I've heard about, uh, have been living at the Flash actor's Vermont farm in a roommate situation that worries the children's father, as well as two sources close to the situation. The two sources say that they're concerned with the living arrangements because Miller's home has unattended guns strewn across the living room and mature marijuana plants growing on the property. Oh, my God. According to one of the sources, the one-year-old child allegedly played with a loose bullet and placed it in her mouth. (laughs) No! According to Instagram posts reviewed by the site, the mother and children, who remain anonymous, appear to still be living at the Vermont farm. Rolling Stone asked why the father has not confronted Miller or gone to the police. Quote, I don't want the children to see anything like that. I just want them to see that Hey, Dad, showed up. Let's get in the car and go. It's been traumatic enough, he says. 
uh, Vulture has reached out to Miller for comment. Man, so like he's in the situation here where it's like, do I call the cops and watch this all go down in a like a a gunfight between the cops and Ezra Miller? Yeah. And then the kids got to witness all that. Or do I just try and show up and pick up the kids? But like either way, like this isn't going to end well, you know, like you, so I feel like this is one of those you got to just rip the bandaid off thing, you know? Yeah. And we're, oh, we're getting no. closer to present day. Okay, this yeah, is, yeah. This is the last update. This is as of June 30th, so this was only a few days ago. Uh, a woman identified as Nadia alleges to Variety that Miller harassed her in Germany in February 2022. Oh. She, and, <laughs> she and Miller had a consensual sexual encounter in 2020 and were friends for two years before she invited them to her Berlin apartment. She alleges that she was worried that the actor could somehow attack me physically after she told them that they couldn't smoke in her home that night. Oh, God. That just set them off, Nadia recalls. Quote, I asked them to leave about 20 times, maybe more. They started insulting me. I'm a transphobic piece of bleep. I'm a Nazi. It became so, so stressful for me. She adds that Miller subsequently went around her house in a way that felt disgusting and intrusive, touching everything and spreading tobacco leaves on the floor. According to Nadia, it took a call to the police and about a half hour of pleading before she convinced Miller to leave. In Jesus the same Christ. Yeah. In the same variety piece, the woman whom Miller appeared to choke in Iceland in April 2020 gives her account of the incident. Before the scuffle, she spoke to the actor at the bar about scrapes on their feet that were visible in flip-flops. According to the woman, who remains anonymous, <laughs> Miller explained that the wounds were battle scars from a fight. At the end of the conversation, she reportedly joked, but just so you know, I could take you in a fight. Oh, no! Uh, when they joked if she really wanted to fight, she told them to meet her in the smoking area in two minutes. Miller eventually confronted her outside the bar. Quote, I think it's just fun and games, but then it wasn't. She That's crazy. So she's over here like, ha ha ha, you're just an actor, right? Like, you're just messing with me, right? But she didn't know he was unhinged. And this man went on the freaking prowl. And just attacked her. Just oh man, yeah. So like he's unhinged, right? And she's like, "Oh, what's wrong with your feet?" And he's like, "Oh, they're battle scars." And she's like, "Oh, I bet you I could beat you in a fight." And then that gets <laughs> Ezra Miller all hyped up, and they're like, "Oh, uh, you think you uh, can uh, beat me?" Uh, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> on the on the inside, he's like, <laughs> and then she's like, "Oh, I, meet me outside in the smoking area. I'll totally fight you." And they were like, "Got it, fam. Meet you out Look there." Cracks the bottle and just stabs it. Just, ah! Yeah. <laughs> that, oh my god, he's crazy. No, they are crazy. Yeah, man. and, and that, the, the whole the whole scene with this mother moving in. Why would she do this? By the way, like, what was she thinking? Moving into this house with her three kids, and, and there's just guns and marijuana all over the place, and she's married. What? What? What like there's there's has to be some sort of like grooming going on, right? 
This is and the like, flash he, we're talking about. This is the <laughs> flash, man. This is like DC, man. DC is like, man, we are just like in some like bad area right now. Because the first they had Amber Heard, right? And that went horribly. And now they got the flash, and this is going even worse. Like this, this makes the Amber Heard stuff look like a joke, right? And that's I didn't think that was possible. Right. Yeah, and um it didn't mention this. But the the fact that a few days ago, too, because uh, it mentioned earlier the fact that uh, they had an emergency meeting and were like, we're going to put a, a pause on all Ezra Miller projects, right? Uh, a few days ago, DC had another meeting about Ezra Miller, and they were like, should we just release The Flash on HBO Max? Because I don't know if people are going to want to come see the movie now, essentially. Mm-hmm. but they apparently have over 200 million dollars into the movie so oh, they're gonna release it in theaters they're, they they because apparently they've had test screenings in the last week too which are super highly positive everyone's like michael keaton's batman is so awesome the movie is phenomenal so apparently they're like we still <laughs> think the movie's gonna do super well in theaters so they've they're like the movie's still gonna come out june next year so it's still coming out yep still coming out all the craziness going on here he's still gonna get his movie produced and that's that's funny man like that's crazy but like after this he's definitely cut like there's nothing coming after this he's gone i'm pretty sure uh it was implied the fact that they were gonna either not use the flash after this movie or they were gonna recast yeah, there's there's no way that they can continue after this. Like <laughs> the road that they jumped on and like jumped up to like a hundred miles per hour and just sped down. Oh man, like it, it was a it was a one way dead end, and they're going off a cliff right now. And it's just like you can just see the car like crash and burn, and the flames are coming up right. Yeah, and like. Every day, I just feel like another explosion just comes from the distance. And you're like, how is it still blowing up? How is this fire still happening? Yeah. And that, I, I just can't believe what, I'm, like, what I've heard. And he, <laughs> I remember seeing pictures of this guy originally, and I was just like, all right, like, that's one thing, right? Like, he, he looks, he looks kind of like dorky. And I'm looking now, and I'm like, this is a villain, right? <laughs> <laughs> this is a complete 180 right like is that is this, this picture right here is that a weapon he's flaunting <laughs> i know i'm like is this like a bone sword in his pocket <laughs> i don't know dude in i don't know pocket? but this looks mm-hmm. like just like a wooden stick with string wrapped around and there's like a wooden club at the end on the bottom <laughs> that's hooked in it looks like mm-hmm. definitely some sort of weapon right like i can see it being like a club or like a really like weird looking sword, like sharp weapon. Yeah. But yeah, uh, strange, strange. This trench coat, like it, it looks like a vampire from like Van Helsing. I don't understand you know? what this is on their neck. Yeah, I was looking at that too. It's like a choker. That's a really big choke. I've never seen a choker that big. Oh, hey man, like it, it looks like one of those like African. 
Like, like instead of the rings to like extend the neck, it looks like a choker that does the same thing. Oh you know? yeah, I've seen the rings. You're right. Yeah, I've seen. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. It, it looks like something like for that kind of like effect. But like this has to be this has to be some sort of like crazy like psychotic breakdown. Maybe, but hey, right? Hey, this this choker has Rastafarian roots. Did you know that? Let's go. <laughs> let's go. Uh, all right. Well, yeah. Uh, I think. I think that's just about all the t- we we've definitely went. I think we went over an hour extra. I think we're at the three hour mark, dude. We got. I think, I think this was the most successful soft two hour mark. No, ever. this is not successful. Congratulations, no. everyone! Everyone, pat yourselves on the back. You know we nailed it again. This podcast is just it's just it's going in the right direction here. You know I don't think it is. I think it's getting long. We need to make what are you it talking shorter. About? There was guns, weed, violence, grooming, morbing. <laughs> oh man, so oh, much morbid. morbid all over the place. Dude, you think Ezra Miller's morbid, dude? Oh, dude, he's definitely morbid right now. There's no way. There's no way that's not a morb right now. Like, like the metamorbosis, right? It's, oh, yeah. it's definitely in effect right now. Dude, like, he, he's transforming. Do you think like the cops because they can't? Unless they have probable cause, they can't go into his house right now. So do you think they're like just looking out and he's like standing at the window dancing? They're like, yeah, so uh, what's the what's the what's Ezra Miller doing now? And they're like, uh, I'm not sure, but it looks like he's morbid all over. They're like, get out of there. Get out of there now. You don't want to be there when he's morbid. I know. Right. Oh, geez. Yeah, he's definitely morbid all over the place on these police and there's nothing they can do about it. They just had to sit back and watch the, the default emote. Yeah. <laughs> well, I I hope you enjoyed this action-packed episode. We we had some crazy experiences. We talked about Indiana Jones. Talked about oh, we didn't even talk about Obi Wan. We we just had so much to cram in, and no, we're not gonna add more on. Uh, we just have to save it for next time when we. Talk. No, next yeah. time. Come on, Bray. Yeah. We can go for that six-hour mark. No. No, so hard six hours. We can make it hard six hours. Uh, like, subscribe, or whatever on whatever the platform is. I don't really morb, morb. Make sure to morb, morb, morb all over. Please share with other people if you like it. If not, we can't force you to. Uh, thank you for listening. Bye. See ya. Bloopers. Yeah, it sure would be a shame if we just talked for like two hours and then didn't record any of it because it cut off in the first five minutes. Yeah. I don't know the names, bro. I don't know the names. I'm glad we were doing our thing. Can you hear me? Yeah, you just scared the crap out of me because it was long silence for a while. Well, you remember the how it should have ended channel like they had a how God of War should have ended like after God of War 3 came out and then like uh, or maybe it was the first God of War, but it was like Kratos like and or yeah, it's after the first game because he kills Ares and then like the narrator's like and then Kratos went on to and, and he's like bring me more gods to kill and then she's like what and then like he kills all like the greek gods and he's like 
bring me more gods to kill. And she's like, there are no more gods, Kratos. And he's like, no more Greek gods. And he's like, no more killing- Greek gods. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then he's like going down all this list of like all these different gods from other like people, like people's religions. And then he gets down to like the Roman gods and it Ares is like the exact same, just a different name. And he's like, <laughs> not, no, I've already killed you, Ares. And he's like, no, I'm the Roman god of war. And he's like, Mm-mm. And he just like shakes his head and then Ares throws himself off of a cliff because <laughs> he wouldn't fight him. And then he gets down to the bottom of the list and Morgan Freeman is the last name. Oh and, no. Yeah, and he's like, uh, flying spaghetti monster, and then uh Morgan Freeman. He's like, Morgan Freeman. And he turns around and it's just like, oh and then Morgan Freeman just waves to him and he's like, oh. And he's like, oh, I can't kill you. Oh, phew. I was about to say, I yeah. didn't remember that one. I was like, he's not going to kill Morgan Freeman, is he? No. Yeah. And then like they fist bump and they're like walking away together. And then he goes, hey, I loved you in Shawshank. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, uh, we, we're getting off subject. Uh, oh, yeah, we are. Oh, yeah, we are. This is how it starts. A soft two hour turned to a hard six hour. You no, know what I mean? no. <laughs> This is not <laughs> Zack Snyder's The Bat in the Snack podcast. Our disillusional... What? Delusion... Excuse me. Hold on, it's loading, it's loading. It's not loading, Brett. Maybe you want to send me that link. Super. Th- Excuse me. Oh, so are we? Am I sharing my screen? Yeah, that's what you said you were going to do, Batman. <laughs> I'm sorry. You said, I thought you said, no, it's okay. I'll handle it. No. All right. I said, so no, nah, throw the stream now? up. <laughs> uh, if you can leave a comment. For certain episodes, the 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 way we know you're commenting for this episode is if you type in "morb," just the word "morb." <laughs> That's ugly. 